someone has to pay. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, March 28th, 2019. This is your award-winning Gibbo Nation Media Assassination, episode 1124. This is No Agenda. It's a dark day for the internet, and we're broadcasting live from the capital of the drone star state here in downtown Austin, Tejas, in the Cludio in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where we're maxed out, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Maxed out on what? Maxed out on the max plane. <laughs> 737 Max. Are you still on the Max story? It's like, move on, well, man. We have so many keep, more stories to I deal keep with. getting stuff from people. Oh, I know. I know. You know, there is one small problem that's cropped up. People are very quick to share something from a Google Drive, which I appreciate, uh, when I, whenever, because, especially because I restrict how many megabytes can come through on my mail server. Yeah, you have a, I will tell people this, if you send anything to adam at curry.com and it's over, ten. I think, 700 ten. <laughs> bytes. <laughs> 10 megabytes. <laughs> you can't get it through. 10 megabytes, my butt. Yeah, 10, it'll do 10 megabytes. Uh-huh. Go on. Yeah. So uh, That accounts well, for the headers. Well, I, well yeah, true. I, I changed that, what, maybe seven or eight years ago. Sure. Yeah, because people... You know, they oh, I found this great movie. Here's the DVD. You know, <laughs> sending me ISO <laughs> files. Okay, no. Um, you have a gigabit line. It's not. It's it's about the storage space. Okay, storage space. I don't I have my own mail server. I don't use the Gmails. Anyway, when people send me something through um, the Google Drive, they automatically assume that they can share it with adamatcurry.com, but I do not, repeat, do not have an adamatcurry.com account linked to Google for obvious reasons. So I always have to say, oh, could you please reshare it to this Gmail address? I think there's a way you can do it where you can just share with anyone, right? It doesn't have to be one person. It seems to me that there's a box you can tick. Yeah, I would think. I'm just saying it for people. It's appreciated they share. I just can't I access it. I notice it once in a while. I don't get it that often because people, you know, they're sending, here's a Google Drive link I click on. It usually works. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, it's more often than not, it doesn't. Anyway. Hmm. So an interesting week. Yeah, it's pretty good, lively. Yeah, I was uh, down for the count on the couch, but I got a lot of opportunity to watch people's heads explode, which was kind of fun. And then also switching back. There was some stuff on C-SPAN, a little bit, but I guess it really was the media that was the main focus this week. Yeah. How fine they perform, how well they do. Well, they're they're digging themselves out of a hole. I'm, I'm watching it. They're, they're changing the narrative. And well, you know, it's, that's not what really what we meant. I mean, to watch this this backpedaling is just astonishing. It's very well done. You know what? What just from an overall meta perspective, what I saw was we had the four pager from Barr, which you know, um, which kind of said everyone like, "Oh, wait a minute! Now, now we got a problem. We were very wrong." Then. It was like, oh, well, don't worry, because the Southern District of New York, there's the Southern, the Southern District, District of New York. New York that's where it's going to the rescue. Right. And then, so the Southern District of New York, the next day, the Southern District of New York speaks. But what it says is this. Today, we announced criminal extortion charges against Michael Avenatti. The charges are based on Avenatti's scheme to extract more than $20 million in payments from a public company by threatening to use his ability to garner publicity 
to inflict financial and reputational harm on the company. And we'll talk about that in a second. So nothing really changed. It was There was not a lot of info, but it was the Southern District of New York. The narrative had changed about the SDNY. And then the next day, Jesse Smollett has all his charges dropped, and the whole news cycle changed. It was like this beautiful, dare I say, orchestrated moment where there was we don't know what to do, and boom, we got a two-punch with a tap first and then a solid left hook, and now we're into something else. And then the pivot started. Now the new, as you say, the news is starting to dig itself out of the hole. And when you look at, I mean, Avenatti connected to CNN, CNN. But, yes. The, the thing about Avenatti, I don't know, do you have any clips yeah, of this yeah, I do. besides that? <laughs> yes, I have a Fox Business News uh, analysis. Well, the thing about, you know what, unfortunately for him or what for the for the uh, the news media is this really puts into doubt the uh, the whole thing with uh, Stormy Daniels. Oh, because if this guy's <laughs> just trying to pull a uh, Jesse Jackson, extortion, extortion, extortion racket, which he, you can't do the way he did it. No, I mean, you have to know how you how to what, do that properly. Here's I mean, the. How about this clip from, we'll listen to this Fox Business News clip, see if we learn anything more about what actually happened. Because I think there is a real story here. It's just he played it in a stupid way. Sense that people were looking for, out for money for Mike Gabinetti. His his uh, uh, his law firm had filed for bankruptcy. His ex-wife was looking for money. Is there any background you could share that perhaps what would have led him to? Because this whole Nike thing went down in basically just the last couple of days. Yeah. Well, you know, what I think is interesting about the speed of the Nike situation, I mean, it literally is like a four-day case, is that they moved this quickly to do criminal complaints. And, and I tell you, there's two reasons for a criminal complaint in a white-collar case, which this is still primarily a white-collar case. The first is it lets people at press conferences say a lot more because there's a public record of an affidavit that has more in it. So you could see from the New York press conference in particular, I mean, they were laying it on thick, calling them everything under the sun and describing every nook and cranny of their case. The other thing it does is it says, we're not going to wait and do grand jury. We're going to hurry up and put handcuffs on this guy. And I'm a little curious whether the government's perspective is going to be that this man needs to be locked up pre-trial, that they wanted to hurry. They see a person who's out of control. They argue that he's a risk of flight. They may even argue that he's a danger of economic harm, which is kind of a rarely (laughs) used theory for detention. But I think the next week or so is going to be very telling in terms of what their approach is going to be towards this guy. I I just want to point out how much like the end of The Godfather, this looks like where all the enemies get it at the same time. The Mueller report is a bust. Uh. Avenatti gets hauled off. The other guy, Garagos, there's a CNN connection. There's a connection to, to Kaepernick, the quarterback. Mr. President, warm up the Twitter fingers. You have a long night ahead of you, sir. <laughs> that was another kind of analysis you could make. Kind of like that. Yeah. Trump, the Godfather, got all his enemies in one fell swoop. But the... Um, but the Nike thing, you know that's probably going to be true, the allegations of well, them they have the, kids. Apparently, they had recorded him. Uh, they had a t- wiretap for some other reason or whatever, and they caught him doing this in, in real time. And that's when they, they really, that's why they went so fast. Right. And, and, and he was extorting them, but you also have to think that Nike really has a problem. You know, amidst the the college admission scandal, and you know them because the accusation I think is they're bribing young athletes, paying them, signing them up for contracts pre you know in high school. All of this, I guess, is not legal. I'm not sure how that all works. Sports not my not my uh, wheelhouse. 
Do you know anything about well, these charges? I don't know how much trouble they're in, actually. I mean, they, they're pretty circumspect about those deals. They like to sign people up for their shoe contracts mm-hmm. as soon as they can, if they have any potential. But a lot of it is, uh, I'm sure, it's, I, I, I doubt that they're, I think this guy just was. You don't think it was a preemptive was false, strike? False accusations, personally. Hmm. Uh, there hasn't been any exposition on, on the Nike I mean, besides, no, 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 there hasn't. Slave no. labor to make shoes. <laughs> That's the real problem here. We should go talk about that with them. Yeah, I'd like Avenatti was in a, hey, man, you want me to wipe off $10 billion off of your client's market cap? Wow. <laughs> what an idiot. Yeah. And he was supposed to be the front runner for 2020. Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's going to run for president. Uh, CNN can pick him, can't they? Really yeah. good. Really, really good. Well, CNN's got, you know, they're finally coming to grips with this problem. Do you think they're coming to grips with it? I don't see them coming I, to I, grips my with understanding anything. understanding is that there's been a lot of, a lot of meetings. But, no. And to me, meetings means coming to grips. Huh. You mean just about uh, trying? Really? Yeah. Do tell. Is this an inside source? What are you, what are you learning, bro? No, it's been floating around. It's, it's, yes, in the trades. Hmm. Yeah, they're, they're concerned the about their reputation. <laughs> How about their ratings? This is well, their ratings. You know, the thing is, they've been going, they've been using this trick to get their ratings up, but their ratings haven't budged against MSNBC, which is the real bad actor here that nobody wants to talk about. But what everyone on Fox has been spouting is that both CNN and MSNBC's ratings tanked. I think they're focusing mainly on CNN. Tanked fifty percent after the. The, the bar interpretation of the Mueller report came out. How many did you do it? That's bull crap. Did you I, tell you, I mean, the, the, the ratings don't come out that fast. They they took the overnights and they took the 25, a couple 34. Of, a couple of overnights. I mean, yeah. start when it came out yeah. last Friday. Yeah. No, they took the difference between Friday or Thursday and Monday, I think. It, it, it was a ratings. It's a, it's a way of reading the numbers. Okay. Well, it's possible. I, but, I'm not saying it's not possible. Yeah. But I don't see why people are going to change their viewing habits. It seems to me when this stuff comes out, you want to watch. I think the ratings would go up because you want to see how CNN's going to cover their ass. I'd turn it. I'd tune in. Well, honestly, all I'm seeing right now is all the networks laughing at each other, putting up little, you know, little over the shoulder boxes of that host or this host. And he's an idiot and she's an idiot. And they're, they're now just all talk, talking about themselves. <laughs> they love that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a couple of things to handle. Um, let me do the easy stuff first. Um, how about well, before we, if you want to just take a little respite here, I have a couple of things because you did this on the last show, and I started noticing this has become a big trend. Um, which is the the compilation of yes. one thing at you. Yeah, you know these compilations they have for example i have a couple of short ones that we can play just to get <laughs> to get, to get into the groove <laughs> i got the compilation of, this is just one show of rachel maddow this is the compilation of Rachel from one single show during this uh, mania russia russia vladimir putin russia russia hates russia 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 putin russia's russia 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 russian 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 russia russia moscow moscow russia russian pro russian russian russia russian 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 russians russian 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 russia russian 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 moscow russian russian russia putin russian 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 against us russians russian 
Russians rush against the U.S. The Russians rush, 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 Russian, Russian government scheme. The Russians, Vladimir Putin, Russia, Vladimir Putin, Russia, Putin, Putin and Russia, 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 Russian, Russian, Russia, the Russians, Russian, Russians, Russia, Russia, Russian, Russian, Russia, Russia, Putin, 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 Russian, 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 Russia, the Soviet Empire, the second of the 20th century's great evils, communism, Russia, communism, Russia, assault by Russia, 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 Putin despises the West in general and the United States in particular, the Soviet Empire, Russia, 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 they're the adversary, they, they want to bring us down the Soviet Union, Russia, undermine the West, Soviet communist communists on the left, Russia, that does it for us tonight, we will see you again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And that was from one show. Was that a recent show? Uh, it was it was a few months back, I think, but it was a show about Russia, oh, Russia okay. collusion. Yes. So you'd expect her to say Russia a lot. But but there's another, I have the second one, which is this one, which is, this is one, and I don't think, I'm pretty sure we haven't played this one. This is one where they've, they've taken and clipped everything that equates the Russia collusion with Watergate. Oh, yeah. And then 911. Yeah. And treason. Russia hacked our election. That was a 9-11 scale event. At the caliber of a Pearl Harbor or a 9-11. Do you agree with that? I completely agree with that. The election of Donald Trump was a little bit like, you know, political and constitutional September 11th. That was a Pearl Harbor scale event. It was on the scale of a Pearl Harbor, a 9-11. It is a 9-11 danger to the sovereignty of the United States. They attacked the core of our very democracy. Robbie Mook, the former Clinton campaign manager, said it's like Watergate. Parallels to Watergate here are, are eerie. Oh, it's just like uh, with the Watergate scandal. Revelations that have some raising the specter of Watergate. But Dan Rather said this has the potential to be bigger than Watergate. Is bigger than Watergate. Scandal as big as Watergate. One Democrat now using the word treason to describe the new Russia, Russian revelations. You, sir, floated the word treason. It seems like there's a lot of evidence that there are members of the administration who are more concerned about Russia's goals than our own. That, I believe, is actually close to the textbook definition of treason. I mean, look, well, that's the definition of treason. Some Senate Democrats want a 9-11 style commission. An independent <laughs> investigation, similar to what we did after we were attacked on 9-11. The House and Senate ought to be doing this jointly, just as we did after 9-11. Just like we had after 9-11. And I would like to see a 9-11 type commission. Kind of like the 9-11 committee. 9 <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't heard that one. It's a good one. I like yeah, it. it's just and it just they, these are cropping up all over the place because 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 natural, we can is wise because we can it's out there it's there for the it's making. There, no, it's because there's so much material out yes. there. Yeah, I have for one. The last two years, these networks, these <laughs> just to get their ratings up. Apparently, that's what everyone thinks is they have been harping on this. And so you you have, it's rich. That was a one minute, 28 second clip of 9-11 trees and all the rest. But you could put together probably an, a good hour. I have one myself. I won't play the whole thing, but I'll, I'll just, I, I picked up a new one myself this morning. Does the public understand just how much trouble the president is in? To believe that the president isn't compromised requires such a leap of faith. I think we have all the proof we need of a scandal that's uh, arguably worse than Watergate. Do we know if there is still this belief and aspect right. that the president is working for the Russians? I can't answer that. The U.S. president possibly working for the Russians. I mean, it goes on for two more minutes. We've heard enough of it. But yeah, 
<laughs> it goes on for days. Yeah. We should take, by the way, you have about three or four of these recent ones. We, make it, we can take a whole week off. I think we can put together an entire show. <laughs> well, I do have two, um, like, 145 in length clips, but but they're from uh, Glenn Greenwald. And he did his own version of a takedown of the media and MSNBC in particular that I thought was really good. Um, you know, we've always played Glenn Greenwald clips. We've always liked him on the show yeah, since, I, yeah. I, I want to preface this clip with uh, the comment that Greenwald noticed about uh, almost about maybe six to nine months ago that they stopped bringing him on these shows. Yes, yeah, that's that's and what the first clip is about. He was by it, I think, because he likes the attention, <laughs> and yeah. so he really started building up a lot of material to blast these guys. And then the, another kind of an element to this was they also stopped putting him on Democracy Now. Oh, and so they they brought him back to Democracy Now. And Mark Ames, the partner with Matt Taibbi, yeah. or used to be. Uh, made this comment on Twitter. He says, oh, Democracy Now! is trying to walk back all their Russiagate crap by bringing Glenn back. Uh, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, exactly. Well, MSNBC has not made that decision yet, and Greenwald went off. It was continuously on MSNBC, which, let me just say, should have their top host on prime time go before the cameras and head, hang their head in shame and apologize for lying to people for three straight years, exploiting their fears to great profit. These are people who are on the verge of losing their jobs. That whole network was about to collapse. This whole scam saved them. And... Not only did they constantly feed people for three straight years total disinformation, they did it on purpose, Tucker. And the proof of that is that unlike you, who has been criticized in a lot of different ways by the left, some of which I agree with and we've talked about before, the first right. time I ever watched your show, you had on Adam Schiff, the leading Democrat, to talk about on your set for 12 straight minutes collusion so that your audience could hear the other side of the story. MSNBC did the exact opposite. There was a whole slew, not just me, of left-wing journalists with very high journalistic credentials, far more than anyone on that network, like Matt Taibbi and Jeremy Scahill and many others, including myself, right. who were banned from the network because they wanted their audience not to know that anybody was questioning or expressing skepticism about the lies and the scam they were selling because it was so profitable. They did it on purpose. It was a total fraud that they perpetrated on their audience. And to the extent that they talked about it at all, it was to call us agents of the Russian government to defame us as traitors and to lie about us continuously to their audience. And there's still no accountability. They still won't put us on their airwaves. They still won't apologize. And they're still lying to their audience. They don't want their audience to know what they did to them for three straight years on purpose. Yeah, I think he's kind of angry. <laughs> a little, well, little bitchy. You know, he little bitchy. On, well, he is a lefty. We know that. He's very lefty. And he's right. Everyone he named are these lefties. <laughs> he's a lefty who, who's right. Perspective. <laughs> that, By good. the way, yeah. this is the same thing that's going on with climate change. Yes. Now, before you, before we go there, I want to play the well, second clip. I don't want to go clip. there yet. Okay. I want to play the second clip uh, because here he takes on a total no agenda stance, a lefty who's right about 
the intelligence agencies and who is being put on the air, which we've uh, I think we've been talking about that since show number one. It is completely corrupted journalism. The whole point of what we were supposed to learn from the debacle of WMDs in the Iraq war, which, by the way, this network that we're on was one of the leaders of, was the fact that we were not supposed to trust intelligence agencies when they say things without evidence. And not only did MSNBC and CNN use those people as their sources, they hired them as their news analysts. So if you turned on CNN or MSNBC, it was basically state TV. It was CIA TV. Three (laughs) weeks ago, Tucker, three weeks ago, John Brennan was on MSNBC and he said that he strongly believes that Robert Mueller is going to indict members of the Trump family either before or after March 15th because he's too noble to use the Ides of March for having conspired with Russia. They kept all dissent off the air. They turned themselves only into the spokespeople of the people they're supposed to be investigating and scrutinizing, which is the intelligence community and the military officials who now are their colleagues, who now report the news. You have government officials who spent their whole careers in the Pentagon and in the CIA. They're disinformation agents who now work at CNN and MSNBC shaping what their news is. And that's why these channels turned into disinformation campaigns, because those are the people that they hired, the people they're supposed to be serving as watchdogs over, the people who are neocons, the people who lied the country into war through WMDs. Not only did they have no accountability, they got rewarded by becoming the stewards of these networks. And they lied to millions of people for three straight years and huge amounts of accountability is needed. And what he's doing here is he's taking a page from Matt Taibbi's article. If you haven't read, I'm sure you've seen it, John, but if you haven't read this yet, Matt Taibbi literally says, this is our generation's weapons of mass destruction. And that's a different tactic. I'd like that one a little better than climate change, although that's underway as we speak. That's scam. Uh, but the, the weapons of mass destruction was a, a, a media and press failure. Massive. Yeah. Yeah, a couple people died. You know, so I don't think they should feel bad about it. Um, the funniest thing, which is quite um, Orwellian, is the, the list of pundits that the White House sent to TV producers. <laughs> did you see this? No, I did not see this. Ah, they sent a note. Hold on. I'll bring it up here. And the note says, it's uh, Director of Communications for the President. As you know, Special Counsel Robert Mueller's report found that no one associated with President Donald J. Trump's 2016 campaign colluded with Russia, despite repeated offers from Russia-linked operatives. The special counsel also made no recommendation on obstruction, which is a decision in itself. Using the information provided by Mueller, the Attorney General and Deputy Attorney General determined there was no obstruction. This is all the result of the special counsel's 2,800 subpoenas, 500 search warrants, 500 witness interviews, 40 FBI agents, 19 lawyers, $25 million in taxpayer funds, and a partridge in a pear tree. The only way to interpret these conclusions is a total and complete vindication of President Trump. The issuance of these definitive findings comes after two years of Democratic Democrat leaders and others lying to the American people by vigorously and repeatedly claiming there was evidence of collusion. They made many of these false claims without evidence on your airwaves. The list of guests who made outlandish false claims include but are not limited to. So here's the list. We have a list. A list. A media list. Blumenthal. And they have little examples of what uh, what each of these people said. Blumenthal, quote, the evidence is pretty clear. There was collusion between Trump and the campaign and the Trump campaign and the Russians. Uh, Adam Schiff, 
Adam Schiff. I think there's plenty of evidence of collusion or conspiracy in plain sight. Gerald Nadler. There was obvious, obviously a lot of collusion. The question is, how high? Eric Swalwell. In our investigation, we saw strong evidence of collusion. DNC Chairman Tom Perez. And over the course of the last year, we have seen, I think, a mountain of evidence of collusion. Former CIA Director John Brennan. I called this behavior, this behavior treasonous, which is to betray one's trust and to aiding and abetting the enemy. And I stand very much by that statement. And then they conclude by saying, Moving forward, we ask you employ basic journalistic standards when booking such guests to appear anywhere in your universe of productions. You should begin by asking the basic question, Does this guest warrant further appearance in our programming given the outrageous and supported claims made in the past? Question mark. At minimum, if these guests do reappear, you should replay the prior statements and challenge them. <laughs> they should have just put together a package and sent it to them. I'm going to ask them to do this. No one's going to do this. Of course not. But I think it's... it's and not only that, guys like Schiff who are really kind of douchebags, they yeah. can weasel their way out of it. Well, you know what I meant? What I meant was this. And, well, I still think there's some evidence, and it's just a shame that it didn't get, you know, it wasn't that obvious. And so we're going to do some more investigation. I mean, that guy. I just think it's unique that a White House or president sends out a list of yeah, people you should not have well, on. Well, it's like a blacklist. It is a blacklist. But it doesn't work as a blacklist because it doesn't stop anything. If it was no. a true blacklist, it would be more more onerous. Oh, who knows what's out there? Who knows? Who knows? Um, so there's a million. Sounds like something Con- Kellyanne Conway did. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah, it has right. all the elements of a Kellyanne Conway release. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds really weird when you think about the money shot and her release. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Hey, I may be sick, but I'm not dead. So there's a million clips that, you know, of course, Fox is just hitting this to death with uh, everyone who's, who was wrong. Um, and now it kind of seems there is a, a, a new twist to the talking point. I think it's now we go from, well, okay, there's no collusion, but why is he so nice to Russia? <laughs> not, How's he nice to Russia? She's put more sanctions on them than anyone. Yeah, but that's not seen. No one's. In fact, where's the? Um, well, they don't report it because they don't. It doesn't fit the narrative, as as people like to say. Just yesterday, was it yesterday? Or the day before yesterday, Trump was sitting down with uh, Guaido's wife. Yeah, Guaido's it was a wife. Very odd press conference. Um, and so, and she had a couple people with uh, with her, and she, and one of these people was talking to the president, saying, "Well, you know, I guess my husband or someone's been, you know, arrested. Don't know where he is." And he's listening to it. And then the the press asked a question about Russia. We are with Venezuela. We are with uh, after this. Sorry, your husband, as you know, and you're with the people that he represents, which is a big, big majority of uh, the country. What's happening there should not happen and be allowed to happen anywhere. So we're with you 100 percent. Okay. Please give my regards. Uh, it'll all work out. It's all going to work out. It always does. We're going to get it to work out. Thank you very much. It'll be fine. Steve? Mr. President, what sort of complications does the Russian involvement now pose? Russia has to get out. <laughs> Did you see this? He, yeah. ha- he has a very angry look on his face. Russia's got to get out. So he's not very nice to Russia. It's just you never see it. 
And so that's yeah, the Russia thing is this is an interesting situation because um, the people who are siding with Venezuela and Maduro, really, they're siding with the wrong side of. Well, I don't I'm not going to say the term wrong side of history, but it seems like this is not. It's not justified. Um, the country's, according to everyone who writes in, economic hitmen and others, the country is really a military dictatorship mm-hmm. that is run by that the military. Uh, really, they have the control. As Maduro's a kind of just a front man, mm-hmm. and it's not a. It's not been a, the the country's people are get losing weight. A great place <laughs> for weight loss. <laughs> Because they can't eat enough food, it's just a it's a mess. It needs to be cleared up, and so Russia goes in there for what purpose? To keep us from getting the oil fields, I guess. Maybe because they didn't get a piece of the action. Maybe we should have cut them in. Well, this is all on Trump's mind because from the same uh, press briefing, the truth always wants to come out. You know, we're thinking about Venezuela, the country. The president thinks differently. Venezuela was a country with tremendous potential and is still a country with tremendous potential. But people are starving. They're being killed. They're being beaten. What's going there is uh, unfathomable to everybody that sees and everybody that gets reports. We're getting reports that are horrible. The potential of Venezuela, if done properly and with with democracy would be incredible. It was one of the richest companies, certainly (laughs) one of the truly rich countries of the world. And now it's one of the poorest countries of the world. You look at what... (laughs) He's uh, a country company. And why is he thinking that? It's happened. Uh, Despite... Oil, the oil's not coming out. (laughs) He's he's all over the oil. He doesn't give a crap about the country. He's thinking about the company. You know, he... uh... People like to slam him for various things, but I don't know when he became an oil guy. And he had oil on the mind when he put that Exxon guy in charge of the State Department who just was no good. Tillerson. What? Tillerson. Rex Tillerson. Yeah, Tillerson. Mm -hmm. He was just a kind of a bumbler. And, of course, then he blamed Trump. And (laughs) uh but it was the oil had to be on his mind when he put a guy like that in, in charge of the State Department, thinking maybe the guy should go out and do. I think he made the mistake that the public generally makes because I don't think Trump was ever in the oil business. But mm-hmm. I think Trump made the mistake that the public generally makes, which is which I have experienced because I worked at an oil refinery and then I was an air pollution inspector at a, a different oil refinery, and and I know from experience that when you're on one side of the aisle, it's a you're you're putting the clamp on the oil company. If you're on the oil, if you're working for the oil company, you're going to do the opposite. You can do the switch. You can switch from being an oil guy to being a not oil guy, being a regulator, let's say, mm-hmm. which is what Tillerson did. He, cause he was oil guy, big shot oil guy. Now he's going to be state department. So he divorced himself from the oil business. I think Trump was susceptible to the, the public's thinking that if you're, ever involved with the oil companies, you're always an oil guy looking right. out for the benefit of oil guys. Right. That's bull crap. And that's what how Tillerson screwed up because he never <laughs> went out and did a bunch of oil deals. He was trying to do what a State Department guy is supposed to do and, you know, run the State Department. Right. And 
and I think Trump has got for some reason he really got oil on his mind when he went when he talks about Iraq. He always says we should have taken the oil. Yes. And now we're supposed to be taking the oil out of Venezuela. It's just I don't know what happened that made him and nobody's noticed this, by the way. He's just gone from a real estate guy to an oil guy. Hmm. He talks very little about real estate. Only when it comes to North Korea. Yeah, they got no oil. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what can I tell? Oh, real estate. Yeah, yeah. Beachfront property. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's troubling. Because honestly, I'm a little confused. You know, I, I'm, on one hand, I want to believe the people who we hear from that, and there's a lot of evidence that it really is bad in Venezuela. On the other hand, come on, this Guaido guy, I mean, give me a break. This is just a failed, failed coup at this point. I'm not bringing his wife with in. With an Obama clone. Right. So, I don't know if he's really invested in that, but when he's talking about the company Venezuela, hmm, I don't know. Well, this is, this is a stillborn so far. They have not, our CIA, who's supposed to be orchestrating this, has not done a very good job. Well, they haven't done Unless a very good job. Unless they've been cut out of the deal, and it's, supposed to, it's just the State Department, which is possible, and they're boneheads too, apparently. We don't know. We don't know who's, we don't know what group is behind it because there's too much it's it's been covered up pretty well. There was it has a, to be either the State Department or the CIA. It has to be one of the two. Yeah, it can't be both. Can't be both. Can't be both. And it has to be one of them. Yeah. With Dick Morris, wasn't he? He was an advisor to Clinton, President Clinton. I Dick believe. Morris? Did he leave in disgrace, or did they have a falling out? Or no, he had some sexual thing, maybe with something, or he was—I don't know. It's a good, you can look it up on the Wikipedia, but yeah, Dick. But he's always around writing books, and he's always pontificating about campaigns. He's just kind of been—he's—he's he's not part of the mainstream anymore in terms uh, of. Uh, well, he wrote a—he uh, wrote an op-ed for what was it, the Western Journal. So yeah, he's not mainstream anymore, and. Yeah, that would in the olden days that would have gone into the Wall, Wall Street, Street Journal, Journal and yeah. New York Times. The myth of collusion between the Trump campaign and the Kremlin now stands exposed as the greatest political hoax in American history, and it was Hillary Clinton's hoax. And he goes into the whole, <laughs> to the whole background, the dossier. I just found it surprising that he would write that. I don't, I don't think he's getting any invites for any uh, TV appearances from it, but it's a pretty good piece. Well, he's another guy that's been marginalized from the. Uh from the TVs. Do you think, so it seems like that um, Trump is more than hinting that now, now we're going to go after these people. So this never happens to any president again. Yeah, he's hinting, but I think your earlier assertion, I think one or two shows ago, the cleanup, the mop up, that this is a mop up operation. And I was thinking about that. A um, couple of things. If, if Mueller, so first of all, Mueller may just have bad feelings about his involvement in nine 11, you know, he was kept on two extra years against the law uh, in the Obama administration, against the mandatory no longer than 10 years as FBI director. Right. Um, he was part of the Patriot Act, and he came in just two weeks before 9-11. So he, th there was a lot of hustling and covering up that he had to do, and maybe he felt had some remorse. So he came in, and as far as I can see, everyone who was a bad actor in this, he got out. Everyone's been extracted. Everyone's been... Uh, retired, fired, quit, gone. You know, there's there's a, that Professor Halper is not. We don't even know if he's on the in in, in this universe. I mean, there's we a lot. Know of, he's alive. Yeah, people have just kind of disappeared. They've gone away. And when you think about the the sequence of events, where 
okay, Hillary did not become president. Shit. Oh, my God. We've got so much to clean up because we had all these things set up. God knows what else there was. And Hillary herself said they were all going to be hanging hanging, from nooses. Hanging from nooses. And then Comey, he helped with the mop up by saying, oh, it's just, you know, as Loretta Lynch says, it's a matter and we're not going to prosecute. She did bad things, but nothing to prosecute about. And that was a cover up. That was covering up for her. And then he got fired. And that's when the shit hit the fan. And that's when Mueller had to come in. Good friends with Comey, you know. Oh, to finish the mop-up job. Yes, yeah, 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 oh, so yeah. Your your new assertion is that Comey was doing the mopping up. It not, uh, he was not doing way. a very yeah. He was but not doing a very good job. The, the yeah. situation stopped. Well, and they had to. I also yeah. think that he the way he mopped up he 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 messed it up because instead of just mopping stuff up, he came out and started doing you know. Like announcements and press no, briefings. Yeah, no, he was a he was a foul up. Yeah, so he he messed it up, and that's when when Mueller had to come in. And it's very possible that this conclusion, just as a quid pro quo to keep everybody happy, it's very possible this Mueller conclusion of no collusion made another rhyme was already known before the midterm elections, but that he kept it going because can you imagine if it came out just before the elections, there would have been just bloodletting. And right, but he couldn't let it go to 2020. No. Absolutely not. Now it seems like some so we're back to even playing fields seemingly. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. Anyway, big sigh of relief for me. We won't have to report on this anymore. It's all over. It's done, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's true. It's true. That's true is the way it goes. That's true. That's true. Wait, I have I have a thing for it. Where is it? That's true. I got a lot of uh, people love that. Yeah, apparently. I'm a little surprised by it. No, me. Well, no, well, you are John C. Dvorak, but I got stuff like we this. We welcome in ISIS. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, that. we could just use it from time to time. <laughs> we welcome in ISIS, yes, which is true. kind of an ironic thing because it it's has true. a double on it's a double meaning. It has ISIS and ISIS, yeah. ISIS the goddess and ISIS the yes. jerk offs in Syria. Now I see you have a clip, and I'm happy because I don't, but I do have an explanation of uh, this being the darkest day for the internet, and uh, this pertains to the European Union. Uh, passing, uh, at least in the Parliament, Article 11 and Article 13 of the new Copyright Directive. Yeah, and by the way, I want to mention that this was not on any main... I didn't see this on CBS, ABC, NBC. I only got it from Democracy Now!, another example of where they're... Because these other guys are just still covering Mueller and the fallout and the rest of it and some minor other stories. Oh, yeah. Global warming was big this week. Yeah. And uh, so I got this from Democracy Now. I mean, I'm sure one of the networks talked about it a little bit, but I never I, I never picked it up. In Brussels, the European Parliament's approved a massive overhaul of copyright laws that critics say will bring widespread censorship to the Internet. One measure would effectively tax Internet sites like Google when they display snippets of copyrighted material, including news articles. Another measure will likely prompt sites like YouTube to install filters that search for and then automatically delete uploads that are determined to be copyright violations. Ahead of Tuesday's vote, the proposed 
proposed copyright rules prompted massive protests, with more than 100,000 people marching in cities across Europe over the weekend. In a statement, Open Media Executive Director Laura Tribe said, quote, "...today's vote is a major blow to the open Internet. This directive positions the Internet as a tool for corporations and profits, not for people," she said. So this was—it uh, was all over the webs— a lot of articles, a lot of um, many, many policy groups and think tanks weighed in, as you can imagine. And this is something we've been following on the show for quite a while. Uh, Article 11 is the so-called text tax. I'm going to leave that for what it is for just a moment. That's that's more about uh, Google News more than anything. Article 13, which did change a little bit in this final uh, draft or final... Um, directive that was approved by the parliament which by the way doesn't mean that it's law no, the uh, parliament's really just a, a it's almost like just it's like, bull crap it's like an attaboy it's like yes yes good one we like that one good one since it's a directive there will be no eu organization that oversees it this needs to be implemented by the member states themselves in their own manner appropriate to their locale for as long as that lasts while they still have some sovereignty left um, so this, none of this will really be implemented before 2021. If you look at the timeline of what this, what has to happen, um, a lot of people were scared into submit, scared, just frightened that this was somehow going to ruin the internet. We'll never be able to post memes. Uh, fair use will go away. All of these horrible, horrible things. And I'm here to tell you that this is nothing but a well orchestrated EU scam, and it's well done. And I would not have known it unless the CDU and Germany had played their hand. Um, and I also, you know, follow the money is really what you need to do. And maybe we should step back for a second and explain how performing rights organizations operate. Uh, there are organizations in every country, just to name a few, you have ASCAP, BMI, you have GEMA in Germany, you have CSAC, which is uh, mainly France, but it's uh, overall, uh, I think it's a worldwide organization, you have Buma Stemra in the Netherlands. I mean, I could go on and on and on. And these organizations have uh, statutory rights to collect money when copyrighted uh, work is used. And the, really, yeah, they, but you have to be a member. You have to, yes, you have to be a member to receive money from that. Um, yeah. But these are the people. I mean, go ahead and if there's, let's say, there's a, a farmer's market. And you just go up there with your DJ set and you start playing some tunes and you do that on the Saturday. Maybe not the first Saturday, but the second Saturday, someone will come up to you and say, hey, man, do you have a performance license for this? Do you have a venue license? Uh, no. This is true. And, that, that, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, if you have a, a, a work, like a workshop, a garage, and you play the radio and there's more yeah. than... You know, five employees, then you also have to pay royalties. If, if you're a liquor store playing yep. music over the over the system yep. that somebody just brought their CD to work and, and decided to pipe it in. This is why, yeah, this is why you often will hear really crap music um, because that is stuff that's been performed at a outside of the royalty system. It's not royalty free, but you can make a separate deal. Um, but mo- most mostly people want to uh, hear and see the music that they're interested in, popular things or films, etc. So these rights organizations, they collect all the money, and then through a number of very magical. Do you know what the fee is, by the way? The fee. What do you mean? The to, to what be do a they member collect per per song. Well, they collect everything. 
They collect all no, the I money. No, I know they collect, but okay, I'm a radio station. I just played a, 10 ah. songs. <laughs> ah. Well, this, this songs. What, did, what do I owe them? You already went straight to the punchline. Oh, radio, radio stations, although they do have to mark down what they played, it's impossible, obviously, for everything to be, to, well, not impossible, but over the years, the way it's come down is there are these things called a blanket license. And a radio station, which sometimes will be the network, etc., will have a blanket license to play whatever they want from whatever genre, wherever, whenever. Some cut different deals to restrict it to just a certain type of music. But it's all, it's all yeah, there's guidelines of how much you'll pay, but ultimately, it's a percentage of revenue. That's how it's done. And the CDU, German political party, uh, when this came up, and by the way, there also seems to be some some dealings between France and Germany, the German coalition in the European Parliament, uh, they really wanted this. And France is very particular about uh, protecting their artists in, in every sense of the word. And Germany didn't really want to get on board. But then apparently France said, well, we'll vote yes on your new pipeline with Russia, the Nord Stream 2, if you sign up to the to Article 13. That's just what I'm hearing. I have no proof of it. But I wouldn't put It'll it be. past them. Wouldn't put it past them. So... Of course, there's no way you can have filter. They can't even filter. They can't even get the New Zealand video off their uh, off their server. So there's no way you can <laughs> filter people uploading stuff to check and see if it has a content ID. However, the CDU proposed, and this is what's going to happen. This is how they'll implement it. So where Germany goes, so go we all. Blanket license. And that means that Google, Facebook, any platform that makes money that that monet that will be the beginning. Uh, I get that it monetizes now. will have to I pay where you're headed. a blanket license, and and you know, and everyone will have a content content ID if you're a member of the organization, and then somehow magically you'll get something out of the back end. But look at the music industry. Look at royalties lawsuit and see how many artists from the smallest to the largest are always suing the rights organizations, the labels, etc., because it's a horrible, rotten business and people steal your money. And just like the EU is uh, grabbing money from Google, I'm not saying it's that they're not right to do it, for um, anti-competitive practices, whatever they can, they will get billions and billions of dollars and it goes right into the rights organizations and that's who was out there. It was Jean-Michel Jarre. You're, you're kind of de-emphasizing the actual punchline to this, which is if they're going to have a blanket license, it has to be based on revenue. And who better exactly. to go after than Google? <laughs> yeah, My Google God. and Facebook. Those are the guys. I'll take 1% of their revenue. I'll take 1%. I'll take 1%. I'll take 1%. So that's what it's about. It's just soaking those. And by the way, I'm all for it. Screw those soaking guys. These guys. They're soaking them. They're soaking them. And, and it's not, it's notice you don't read about it here because we have something called the, um, what is it? Uh, section, is it section 230? I can't remember now. There's so many sections, which states um, if you, uh, if someone uploads any, any kind of work that is uploaded to a platform, as long as they're, you know, they're treated like a library. That's section 230, I think it is, the Communications Decency Act. Am I right? It's either 230 or 205. I can't remember right now. I'm fuzzy. Um, and in that, it says the only thing these... Pl- so the platforms cannot be held liable for any kind of um, human rights violation, copyright vi- violation, or otherwise. However, if they receive a takedown notice, they have to use expediency to take down the 
the violation, and that's what we see here in the states, and that's kind of been working. Uh, although you know, I think this is a good model for the rights organizations in the U.S. They would love to have this. They would just love to have it. So that's not being discussed very much for obvious reason. So it's not going to ruin the internet. You won't be, you know, there won't be filters that you can't upload. And by the way, you don't. It's not the like Amy said. It's not the open internet. Facebook and Google are not the open internet. They're the closed walls. The open internet is this show sitting on a server in Canada. You get it straight to your whatever you want, just direct connection. We don't go through Facebook or or Google or Twitter. We don't need any of that. That's the open internet. Although I will say if if there's a way we can get in on this action, get a piece of that blanket license revenue, I'm I'm all for it. I'm, I'm yeah, down well, that's it. not going to happen. I'm down that's for fixed. it. So that's the global, the global issue right now, and you know, and, and I like Jean Michel Jarre. He's head of CSAC. He's the president of CSAC, and he was out there. And Cindy Lauper, it's, you know, is, is I think she's uh, on behalf of either ASCAP or BMI. You know, and I understand it. There's, they've been ripped off for twenty years by these companies. Now, the real problem, I think, is the is these PROs, the performing rights organizations, they're the ones that are actually not, you know, they got nice buildings, let's put it that way. They got, they throw good parties. The Grammys, you know, it's like, that's all ASCAP, B, it's actually more BMI than anything. And you know, the other thing is, is that unlike in the 20s and 30s, actually there's some interesting things that took place in the music industry. The only people that get the ASCAP money are the writers. Uh, well, yeah, writer and uh, composer. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that's what I meant. Yeah, so the separate deal for the performer, separate deal for the uh, producer. But producers so can get a deal. Does, a producer so McGuinn, can get a deal with, with Roger, points. Yeah, it's rare. Roger McGuinn tells me that the Birds uh, songs don't get any money, but he gets tons. Because hmm. he was the writer of a lot of the songs. Ah, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. And, and so you get you get that money. He gets, And he never will tell me the check he gets. He gets a monthly check from ASCAP. <laughs> and, um, well, this is also, um, he, his, his main issue is a lot of his songs are from before 1974, which has a whole different issue and is now, yes, that's and, a, that's a whole, they're trying to resolve that. Well, though they're resolving it. Sirius XM resolved it. And if you look at, I have a Sirius XM, um, for streaming and every month at the, uh, on the bill, it says, Oh, here's your extra five. You know, I think it's, a dollar seventy-five, or maybe it's two dollars, uh, for pre nineteen seventy-four copyright. Now I have to pay for, <laughs> making me pay for it. What if anybody gets any money? But the uh, well, yeah, this, this, Roger the whole thing is a very interesting system. And when I was working in public radio with this, my talk shows. We had a free license for everything. Apparently, all public radio. Because there's no, I guess they can't nick them for anything because it's a percent of royalties. It has been another, used. it's a big uh, thing of contention with the rights organizations. They hate that. Because, I'm sure they do. Yeah, <laughs> they hate that, yeah. So you get to use all the stuff you want anytime you want for whatever purpose. College stations would qualify in that area too. Mm-hmm. And uh, meanwhile, as we've discussed before, the online guys, where an online radio station can't 
take advantage of any can't of this. Can't get a license. We can't get a license. Can't get a license. No. Nope. Well, that you can for streaming under, but you know, then it you have to. It, they don't take into account Adam and John sitting down shooting the shit, playing some songs. That's not possible because you have to deliver a no. log file because I think the only thing people are interested in is playlist stations that have playlists of songs. No, you can't do free form. I've been looking into a couple of things that, that do allow you to do certain things, but also if you play a mashup, sorry, you can't do that. So the real future of the music business is being hampered by these very organizations. And ultimately... You could uh, you could work out a, a very a technical solution for tracking usage, blockchain, whatever. I'll just say blockchain. Everyone will believe me. Blockchain. It can be done. It can be done. Go. Blockchain. That's the solution. Blockchain. <laughs> blockchain. <laughs> Put me in the European <laughs> Parliament. I tell you, blockchain combined with AI. Woo, boom. baby! Isn't Where? that what? Yeah, that's right. Blockchain AI with some machine learning thrown in for good measure. Yeah. So. Uh, no worries, people. So that's your lecture, ladies and gentlemen. That's, that's it for today. And then we have a little standing in this area. So no, you more than me. Wouldn't be too worried. So, uh, well, we can go on from there to the um, couple of other issues that came up, unless you want to. Uh... You want... <laughs> now, how many times have you told me you're going to do something about the chair? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I keep getting so many notes saying, no, don't touch the chair. Yeah, no, it's become one of those now. Uh, I'm touching the chair, but when it happens, you'll never know. It'll just all of a sudden be dead silent. I'm just warning you. I think it's time for so a little... I, oh, I do have to make an announcement. The yeah. guy who does the MailChimp is back on the job. Oh. And that the nonsense about MailChimp being dead, it, MailChimp, chimp. Male chimp, not male chimp. Squirrel, squirrel mail. mail. The guy who does squirrel mail is back on the job, and all the bull crap that you said on the air is just what it is. Bull crap. I didn't. I was only reading from from the reports that PHP needs to get rid of uh, squirrel mail. I specifically asked the squirrel mail guy. The guy from it. squirrel mail. The guy who invented it. The guy who. He says, "Yeah, well, yeah, it hasn't. There hasn't been anything going on because I haven't done anything in a couple of years, and I'm the only one who works on it." So as we speak, and I have a, an account with him, and I have Squirrel Mail, and he, I'm looking at some of the stuff he's doing, the new stuff, mm-hmm. and you know, I don't see anything wrong with the old Squirrel Mail personally. Um, he's added a, he's got a few new things, but I always revert back to the, to the old squirrel mail anyway, but, <laughs> but he's, is working on it and, hey, he's, and he's I'm good. He I'm, warned I'm happy. Us last weekend. He says, all squirrel mail users, be oh. careful because this weekend I'm going to be working on squirrel, squirrel mail. mail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> so it's not dead. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I'm happy We're for you. Thinking. No, it's not why I listen. I'm very happy that you use your squirrel mail. Did you, <laughs> let me just, let, let's do a little test. Did you receive my email about Morris Clayton? Clayton Morris, sorry. I, I, well, if I was on my squirrel mail, I could tell you. Well, I sent it to you two days ago. See? So oh, your squirrel oh. mail is not, not that great. No, it's fine. It's just that Polly just got, let's see what it says if I look up Adam. <laughs> 
What about Morris Clayton? Clayton Morris. Oh, okay. Well, this is Natalie Morris's husband. Yeah, he's gone into real estate. Well, there's a big New York Times expose about how he's about to be uh, driven out of real estate by a lot of angry people. <laughs> See, they they were selling homes and that you know were, didn't exist. And I, I'm paraphrasing, but it's a pretty long report. I just okay, thought it I'm was looking here at your mail. Yeah, I just thought it was kind of interesting. Mail search feature. Oh, and it works. I got eschatology: yeah. What separates us from you? Can <laughs> clip request newsletter attached. And I was listening. I don't see anything here. I guess it never went through. Sorry. I'll send it to you. It's for later. It's not. It's just, it's more an insider thing. You know, like an after show thing. But the thing thing about him, you know, I I watched him. (laughs) I knew you couldn't leave him alone. He's a naturally good broadcaster. Yeah, he never should have given that up. He looks good on the air. He's got the right style. He's got very modern style. He could easily move into the M- uh, the NBC mainstream and become like, you know, big shot, yeah. making millions, by yeah. the way. Those guys make t- 10 to $15 million a year easily, mm-hmm. the anchors. Mm-hmm. He could have gone in that direction, and he and he's a natural at it. I thought he was, he's just a, he's just, he looks, feels, and sounds like a broadcaster. Yeah. Well, he, I think they did about $5 million in this Morris Invest thing, and it's kind of, kind of gone south on them. <laughs> <laughs> Several hundred people want their money back, and it's uh, didn't turn out well. So, oh. and the reason why we bring it up is because Natalie Morris uh, was a John C. Dvorak discovery, who we both honed. <laughs> we honed her. She'd never been on on camera ever before. We turned her into something pretty good for a while there. Well, she could have been a hot shot too, but you know, I don't think it was. I don't know. She was. She's really a writer. That looks good on camera. She's got that multi-culty look that everybody wants nowadays. Yeah. That's worth a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. On, on screen. Yes. Talent. Yes. Because you, you, know, you look at it, you can't tell. Is she, she, worth a lot is she, of money. Is she yeah. Latino? Is she Italian? Is she Greek? You don't know. Yep. Yeah. It's the perfect look and worth a lot of money. And she never pursued it with the, with the kind of enthusiasm she could have. She's no, also, I, yeah, you no know, I don't think she really wanted to work. work. <laughs> yeah, she didn't, want, she didn't to really want to work. No. Well, with that, I'd like to thank you for your courage and say in the morning to you, the man who put the C in squirrel mail, John C. Dvorak. In the morning, you, Mr. Adam Curry, in the morning, ships can see boots on the ground, feet in the air, subs in the water. The name is nice out there. You come in the morning to all the the trolls in our troll room. I couldn't no find one. my echo box. Oh, okay. You got it. You want to do it over? You want to? No, I don't want to do it over. Trolls, good. good to see you at noagendastream.com. And that's where you can always uh, hop in and throw out some one-liners, let us know when we're messing it up, when we're doing something wrong, correct us, or uh, just uh, troll. That's what it's for. Uh, I'd also like to say in the morning to our artist for episode 1123. Uh, the title of that was Cancel Culture. And Adam at Sea, has he ever had artwork chosen? I have a feeling he has. Adam at C. Did it click on his on his name, he, uh, that thing? It was a fun piece of art. It was the the methadone ice cream truck. ice cream fact, truck. Out here, <laughs> let me stop. Uh huh. So we're at the uh, dinner table. Yes. And before we talked about the show, the uh, Nick mentions uh, cancel culture, but he doesn't use cancel culture. But he was talking about how these. People at school are talking about how people get canceled. They went on and on about it. Mm-hmm. And I, without even knowing, we did, I said, we just did a show on it. 
And he went, oh, that's too bad. Now I got to listen to it. They don't do that. (laughs) And so, but meanwhile, uh, Jay, who is the artist in the family, yes, genuine one, she holds up her phone, which has got the uh, show on it with the art. She says, this is the greatest art you've ever done. Really? She just thought that was a (laughs) fantastic piece of art. Well, hopefully you didn't take credit for it. You said it was Adam at sea and not John C. I said I did it. Yeah, exactly. With with your with uh, Gimp with Gimp Gimp threw that together with Gimp. Yeah, so uh, we liked it though. Thank you very much, Adam at Sea. There were a lot of interesting pieces, and uh, it's always fun for us, certainly. And uh, moreover, for this very reason, people look at for as long as we're still on the platforms, people look at uh, their podcast thing and they say, "Hey, well, this is an interesting art." And that entice that signals there's a new episode, signals maybe what's going on in it. Um, it works. It's a very important part of the value for value network, and we appreciate what all our artists do. Um, for for eleven twenty three, thank you, Adam at C, and thank you all artists. You can check out all their work at noagendaartgenerator.com. Yeah, and it's very uh, it's functional in more ways than one. And we're, there's not how many shows do you think do that? Zero. Show I see, uh, just no, one piece of there's a couple. Art. Yeah, there's a couple. Uh, from time to time, someone will say, "Hey, this these guys got a great show." They also change their art. Oh, okay. But okay. I think the whole system of—I doubt if they change their art to the high-end art that we have. It's that's incredible. Our artists doubt. are just up there. We have over thirteen thousand pieces of art in the database. Yeah. <laughs> so catch up, kids. It's actually. Uh... Ridiculous. Aaron Christensen isn't ridiculous, though. He came in with $362.69. And that begins our associate or executive producer list. In the morning, gents, I hope this gets in on time so I can be knighted on the Fibonacci episode. (laughs) It didn't make it. Nope. Close. Close. Off by one. This is my third donation, now in the amount of 333.34 euros which should bring me up to a thousand euros and the august title of euro night oh i don't think we have I one made of that those. euro night thing up but you guys went with it so here we are i just wanted to say that unlike some doubters who send notes i always agree with everything you guys say <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that is good what he's referring to is the notes that say you know i don't agree with everything, everything you say, say. Of course, who does? But this guy does, uh, especially when you're shilling for both Trump and AOC at the same time. Right on. Maybe I'll take sexuality. It's in your nature. Look at that juice and relationship karma. Can you believe a charmer like me is single? <laughs> uh, it's hard to believe, Aaron, from Deutschland. Well, thank you very much. And you are the top executive producer today. It's appreciated. Tell me about this sexuality. It's in your DNA. Oh. Can you see that juice? You've got <laughs> karma. Got it. <laughs> That's actually a very funny That's uh, a good combo. One. Yeah. This is a one-two. It's it not is a one-two. One-two. Complicated. Two. One-two. Uh, Juliana Lee, meanwhile, in Boonesboro, Maryland, has came in with $360. This isn't my first donation. I used to have a subscription that got canceled by PayPal. Oh, that's I think it was a glitch. <laughs> Thanks for keeping me sane in the sea of madness we're living in. My invisible no-agenda hat helps me get through the day at work 
where I'm surrounded by dementia B crazies. Oh, brother. They're nice people, but their amygdalas have taken over, and I don't see any hope for them. <laughs> I've become very good at nodding in silence when they repeat memes and when they say something stupid. I just say, that's interesting, but by interesting, <laughs> I mean stupid. <laughs> This it works a, really well. It's a good tip. <laughs> that's Thanks really for all, interesting. For all, yeah, hey, that's interesting. <laughs> Thanks again for all you do. I love you both. Uh, can I please hear if you're white, you're a racist at the end of the show. It's my favorite. No, it's not that long. We can play it now. If you're white, you're a racist. If you're male, you're a pig. If you're cis, you are privileged. Skin is shaving if you're big And if you stretch your homophobic Heaven help if you're wrong So don't have an opinion And just do what you're told Another fantastic parody from Secret Agent Paul And thank you very much, Juliana Lee For your uh, contribution to the show Sir, Sir Roy Pierce comes in with $334 flat from St. Pierce, which I think is a nice coincidence. St. Pierce, Florida. He sent a little, very small note in. Just said, John, I would expect 37737 maneuvering characteristics augmentation system to have redundant angle detecting sensors and accompanying sensor agree alarm capability. And further, expect pilots to know corrective action when there is an instrument failure. Sir Roy. Yes. Well, the the backup sensor, I believe, was an uh, an extra option on the 737 yeah, Max. Yeah, you had to buy it. You had, yeah, to, buy it. You had to upgrade to the uh, the extra option. And, uh, yeah, there's some issues there. Yeah. Well, so they're grounded. Nothing this else? Nothing else too. for this Sir Roy? This is going to hurt this company this year. Big time. Well, so many, I see a lot of orders switching from Boeing to Airbus. Now, you never know what's true or what's... Airbus a huge favor. They saved the company. Airbus needed it, for sure. Sir Tony, Jedi Knight of the Coders, $269.69, becomes our first associate executive producer. And he sent an email in. Uh, Let me just take a look at... I I didn't check this. I think that was listed as a missing email, and I don't have it well let me let me use squirrel mail and do a search uh i have a uh, i have a very old email from him from uh february yeah but i don't have anything recent so i i don't know what happened i i if, okay, send it again good. tony send it again how do you, you spell his last name on there uh it's uh i got the t-g-a-r-l I don't want to give his email out. Well, you don't give his email. I just need the name. He's not on Gmail, so it doesn't, you know. He is on Gmail. He he is on. I talk about missing that one. Okay. I'll just go back and look. (laughs) Okay. Okay, I I already played the squirrel mail. Can't play it again. But it's performing fantastically. I'm, gl- I'm glad that the, I'm glad that it's uh, not <laughs> well, going away. It hasn't been retired. That's fabulous. Uh, maybe uh, maybe we'll just I'm have looking, to have. I'm him looking and it. it says no mail found. Okay, and I'm spelling it right. All right, Sir Tony Jedi Knight of the Coders, please resend. Send it to me. Yeah, I got nothing here. All right. All right. Onward. 
Onward. Sir Hank Scorpio of the Electrical Grid. Okay, he's in Gatineau, Quebec, 264. He's also associate executive producer. Uh, he's got a birthday. ITM, John and Adam, 264 is 11 times 24. Great shows of great shows of late. I don't know what, what 11 times 24 is about. I don't know. Great shows of late. I would like to wish Sir Dwight the night a happy 31st birthday. He's on the list. I'd also like to request some jobs karma for our mother and myself. No, no agenda. NA producer is on my resume, so the job should be pretty much in the bag. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's good <Singles>. to go. <laughs> he came, we saw, he died. That's true. And Jordan Peterson, that's wrong. <laughs> oh, I forgot I had that. That's, that's wrong. That's good. I like that. That's a good combo. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for your courage. Uh, sir Hank Scorpio, the lecture. Good. Thank you, sir. Oh, so, I mean, that is the land of unconfirmed. Yes, yes, we came. We saw. <laughs> he died. <laughs> That's true. That's wrong. Jobs, jobs, <laughs> jobs, and jobs. I like Let's it. Let's vote for jobs. <laughs> you saw. Oh, no. Very creative, Sir Hank. Creative. I like it. Yeah, that's true. That's wrong. I like it. Uh, meanwhile, Dame Astrid, the Duchess of Japan, came ah, $222.22 from Tokyo. Our favorite. Our favorite. Dame and Astrid. She says, it's true. That's true. Uh, thank you, uh, always, from Cherry Blossom Paradise, Dame Astrid, Duchess of Japan, and all the disputed islands of the Jap Japanese Sea. Japan sea good to sea hear from you, Dame Astrid. Hope all is well. That. Hope all is Always well. Always good to hear from you. Yes. Uh, Stephen or Stefan Kunkel. We have to consider the pronunciation of that first name, which is always when I was a kid, and you've always thought this, has always been pronounced Stephen. Yes. But ever since Stephen Curry came around. Mm, but this is where the uh, E end. mucked it up. Mm, okay. He's mucked it up. Yep. $201 uh, even from Atlanta, Georgia. Just a quick note to the creators of the greatest podcast in the universe from a member of the Generation X. I started listening about 15 months ago, and I've been enriched ever since. As a mergers and acquisitions professional for over 20 years, I can attest that you are on point most of the time when major corporate news events lead you to consider the merger takeover angle. In fact, I've worked at a big four firm in London, 2005 to 2008, and one of the services we offered the board of directors of large corporation clients was called the Bitter Defense, which is basically a deep dive into any and all skeletons in the company's closet, including lawsuits, corruption allegations, senior management's shady background, such as hostile divorces, online videos, DUIs, etc., that could cause any of these can cause a drop in price, thus making the company vulnerable to a potential hostile takeover. Yes. We would alert the board of these matters so that they could mitigate slash prevent any fallout. Keep up the good work, homies. Please play <laughs> the Obama Mexican no 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 hey sound clip. Hey, listen. No 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 no. You're my house. Hey, hey, come on, guys. No 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 no. Shame on you. Hey, hey, okay. No 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 no. I'm up in the house. Hey, hey, in the booth. No 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 no. Hey. Right. Did you answer your phone? I we stopped. I have to take <laughs> you got to take that off the hook, man. I always do, and sometimes I forget. And it's, it's always the same people. It's a, you know, it's a it's a machine asking. There's only three things I get. I get 
a credit card company telling me I can get zero percent interest, oh, yeah. which is bull. Mm-hmm. There's a there's the ones that come in occasionally that are the uh, free cruise. I get a free cruise. Oh, that's a good one. That's where you get three options and you can get the cruise for one dollar. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's one dollar. How, how could that be wrong? I mean, it sounds like a perfect deal. And what was there's one other one. There's a third one. They keep coming in and one of them cracks me up because it's the. Uh, it's it's oh yeah it's, uh, if you're blue cross blue shield or blue so and so you can you know and they'll press four to be taken off of our call list you press four an hour later the exact same call comes in oh uh, these people are just criminals why do they why can't we get these people arrested well because Liz Warren is running for president I don't know why but the thing that the one that irks me the most is the hello business owner you are no longer properly listed in Google's search index. And these oh, I've are, only gotten that once or twice uh, ever. And these are Google related companies. And I've and you know, there's a whole process to be taken off this Google affiliate, whatever bull crap. And it doesn't work. It just it just makes more calls. I know. It's just a you joke. Just, just get more calls. It's it's very, very annoying. Yeah, it's very, very annoying. annoying. They gotta put a stop to it. Yeah. All right. Is that it? Yeah, well, that's it. That those are our execs and our associate executive our producers guys. for those today. Are our guys, any gals? Yeah, we got uh, yeah, Juliana. We got some gals. Well, thank you very much, uh, execs and associate execs, uh, for supporting the work here for episode eleven twenty four, the best podcast in the universe. These are the titles that are valuable anywhere credits are recognized. You already uh, saw that we have. Um, was it uh, who was putting it on his resume? Sir Hank Scorpio, the Electric Grid. So let's see how yeah. long it takes before he gets uh, before he gets some work. You got to check in with us, Sir Hank, and let us know. But also, it's yeah. just a way to proudly display display the fact that you are a part of the Value for Value network that keeps this show going eleven years strong now, over eleven hundred episodes. And we'll a be thanking of, a lot of people have it on their Twitter. Yep, the Twitter as your as your um, as your Twitter screen name, and of course the uh, always uh, productive LinkedIn. It seems to yeah. work for jobs. But it does display that you are a a functional code. <laughs> you're a functional cog in the wheel of the uh, value for value network, and it's a very special thing that we've set up together, and it's still working. I could not be happier. And we'll be thanking more people, fifty dollars and above, in our second segment, and we will have another show on Sunday for that. Remember us at Dvorak.org. So you can tell everybody that it is not the darkest day on the internet. Go out there and propagate it. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. That's true. That's wrong. Shut up, Yeah, I'm loving that combo. I'm loving that combo. Uh yes, all right. Should we do Smollett for a second? Because I, I, there's a lot of stuff. I don't have with it. This. Do I have any Smollett? No, I, I do. I, 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 I got a ton of Smollett. to you. Yeah, I got Smollett stuff. I got Smollett stuff. It, it was a pretty funny situation, but it turns out to be some sort of. They're gonna now. I hear the FBI is going to investigate the the uh, state attorney. Uh, for those who haven't heard about it, well, actually, here's Brian Stelter from CNN. Right after the charges were dropped. Emergency hearing, emergency court appearance, that's a new one to me. If your charge is going to be dropped, it's like, oh, emergency, everybody, all media, come to me, come to me. I think Stelter from CNN summed it up in 
in the way it was meant to be what it was supposed to pack out to be. You know, you remember right after Smollett said he was the victim of a hate crime in Chicago that night, uh, the Fox Network, the studio, the Empire cast and crew all, all had his back, supported him very strongly. Uh, th that continued as it became a mystery about what happened and whether he had made this up. The network continued to support him, but started to pull back a little bit in those public statements. Uh, right now, there's no new comment from Fox, but this is a key part of the story, Nia, because uh, I, I do think he wants to get back to work. That's what a, a friend of Smollett just said to me. He wants to act. He wants to get back to work. He had actually been taken off two of the episodes of Empire. His, his future uh, as a Hollywood actor has been in limbo for the past few weeks. So his lawyers have been trying to get to this point so that he can return to work. Uh, so far, no comment from the network. But I do think we will see Smollett get back to work uh, because the, the narrative has once again changed from victim uh, you know, to villain, back to victim. It's been very confusing, as, oh. as Ryan was saying. Uh, people don't know what to believe, and we may never really know what happened on the street that night in Chicago. Uh, but for his fans, for his friends, this is a triumphant moment uh, that he can now get back to what he wants to do, which is work. Well, you should go shit, go, be, go flagellate yourself. That's not the word. Go, go beat yourself up, Stelter. That's a horrible, horrible explanation of what's happening. That's really, really lame. Very lame. Let's go back to the... Uh, uh, to what happened, um, all of a sudden, all media just stopped dead in their tracks. Oh, my gosh, there's something happening. Uh, emergency hearing, which is, I'd never heard of this. Uh, emergency hearing, oh, and, and there it is, uh, all charges dropped. However, some small caveats, there's no charges, but he still has to forfeit his $10,000 bond. And community service, which he apparently already did before he committed anything, any of the 16 felonies, which are state felonies, um, level four felonies. We'll get into that in a moment. And um, which kind of insinuates that it, the charges were dropped. But was he guilty? Was he not guilty? Well, Smollett came out right after the charges were dropped. And here's what he said. Hey, everybody. I just made a couple notes. Um First of all, I want to thank my family, my friends, the incredible people of Chicago and all over the country and the world who have prayed for me, who have supported me, who have shown me so much love. No one will ever know how much that has meant to me, and I will forever be grateful. I want you to know that not for a moment was it in vain. I have been truthful and consistent on every single level since day one. I would not be my mother's son if I was capable of one drop of what I have been accused of. By the way, for I don't know about you, John, but for a guy, uh, and I think certainly for a black man in America, when you say he's basically swearing on his mother's life, you got to be really careful with that. That you know, when oh, if I would not be my mother's son if a drop of this were true. That's there's some kind of guy code that that really irks me. Like we know he's lying, and and I'll get to that in a moment. But he's sitting here just lying and saying, oh, like, I'm my mom. I'm my mom. That's very, you don't do that. That's, that's pussy stuff, man. That's no good. I would not be my mother's son if I was capable of one drop of what I have been accused of. This has been an incredibly difficult time. Honestly, one of the worst of my entire life. But I'm a man of faith and I'm a man that has knowledge of my history and I would not bring my family our lives or the movement through a fire like this. I just wouldn't. So I want to thank my legal counsel from the bottom of my heart. 
And I would also like to thank the state of Illinois for attempting to do what's right. Now, I'd like nothing more than to just get back to work and move on with my life. But make no mistakes, I will always continue to fight for the justice, equality, and betterment of marginalized people everywhere. So again, thank you for all the support. Thank you for faith, and thank you to God. Bless y'all. Thank you very much. All right, be very careful, son. Thank you, God, and all this stuff. Thank you for faith and my mom and... When you're lying like that, 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 that boomerang could come back pretty hard. So there were a couple of responses to this. First of all, you heard Brian Stelter like, oh, well, hopefully he can just get back to work. We'll never know what happened. Yeah, that's how it will read in five years when Jesse Smollett comes back and all we'll remember is, well, all the charges were dropped. We won't really remember what happened. So let's document it now. The superintendent of the Chicago police, who was very vocal about this hoax that Smollett perpetrated, who, as, a, as an, as an African-American man, was very angry about the noose bit and you know, just pulling a racial hate crime hoax. Uh, he had a response. When I came on this job, I've been a cop now for about 31 years. When I came on this job, I came on with my honor, my integrity, and my reputation. If someone accused me of doing anything that would circumvent that, then I would want my day in court, period, to clear my name. I've heard that they wanted their day in court with TV cameras so America could know the truth, but no, they chose to hide behind secrecy and broker a deal to circumvent the judicial system. My job as a police officer is to investigate an incident, gather evidence, gather facts, and present them to the state's attorney. That's what we did. I stand behind the detective's investigation. I'll let Mary Manuel comment further. And the police, uh, the file, by the way, was never closed or locked or sealed, just his arrest record. But the file is open, available. It's in the show notes. You can see uh, all the evidence is there that uh, this was a hoax, um, that how it was perpetrated. It's pretty extensive. So right after the police chief, the mayor, Rahm Emanuel, uh, he steps up and he says something important here. Second is what I would call the ethical cost. And the ethical cost is you have, a, as a person who was in the House of Representatives when we tried to pass the Shepard legislation that dealt with hate crimes, putting them on the books, that President Obama then signed into law, to then use those very laws and the principles and values behind the Matthew Shepard hate crimes legislation to self-promote your career is a, is a cost that comes to all the individuals, gay men and women, who will come forward and one day say they were a victim of a hate crime who now will be doubted. Now this casts a shadow of whether they're telling the truth. And he did this all in the name of self-promotion. And he used the laws of the hate crime legislation that all of us collectively over years have put on the books to stand up to be the values that embody what we believe in. This is a whitewash of justice. A whitewash of justice. Very interesting choice of words. Yeah. particularly when it comes to a race crime. But Emmanuel makes a good point. He says this was not any crime that was hoaxed. It was a hate crime, a very specific kind of crime, which is discussed quite often. Now, the um, is it the attorney for the state, uh, Kim Fox? Is she the attorney? What do you call her? I think she's a state attorney. State attorney. She had recused herself because there's a lot of involvement. There's a lot of contact. Uh, between Tina Chen, T-C-H-E-N. She was chief of staff for uh, the First Lady, but she was also special assistant to President uh, Obama. 
Uh, and there were text messages back and forth between uh, Kim Fox, the state's attorney, and Tina Chen. And there was, hey, you know, can you uh, do something? Can we move this over to the feds? That would be better. They're really trying to figure out a way to get Smollett off the hook. And if you see all the different links between everybody, interestingly, um, uh, Rahm Emanuel's wife is best friends with Tina Chen, just to make it even more complicated. Um, you have all these different connections, and it seemed very obvious. And, and, so- and I should mention something. Because of that connection there and being the wife, she's going to tell Rom what's going on. Mm-hmm. That would that's I think is part of his anger. Yes, yes, that his wife his wife hung him out to dry, and the cops. And I tell you, it's not a good idea. I don't know much, but you don't mess with Chicago PD. It's just you know, it's not a good idea. However, what is really going on? What happened here? There was a call was put in by someone, and you have all the players there, so you can see. Obviously, this guy needed to be bailed out. Now, was it a part of something else? Is it a coincidence? that his lawyer is Garagos, the same guy who was implicated uh, as being a part of the Avenatti scam just the day before. I don't know if that's related, but they got Kimberly Fox on uh, on tape explaining what happened. And she's a very interesting state's attorney. She, if you watch her answering these questions, it's about a 13-minute interview, only got two two clips from her, because the, the, it, that, the essence is in it. It looks like she wants to cry the whole time. And she she has this look of acknowledging. She'll say, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like no other states, you know, states attorneys, district attorneys, attorney generals, they have this, you know, they have this stoic, like the buck stops here kind of thing. And she's like a millennial almost. I don't know how old she is. She's 36, actually. She's like a millennial. And she explains it in the following manner. There is an alternative prosecutor, prosecutorial route in the state of Illinois. An alternative, which is meant for people who have committed a crime, is kind of like, um, you know, Los Angeles or San Francisco. If it's under a certain threshold, we can let you off. You don't have to go to jail. You don't have to admit any guilt. You're not exonerated, and you lose your bond. It's uh, It has a particular name, and it's not new, and here she is explaining it. Certainly. I, the Cook County State Attorney's Office has what we call our alternative prosecutions unit, where we look at how can we handle cases outside of the criminal justice system, ways in which we can do what we call pretrial diversion. Um, over the course of the last two years, we've had 5,700 people go through our pretrial diversion process, people who have nonviolent offenses and who have no violence in their background. And so I think when people see this one particular case, it feels like an outlier, where in fact it's consistent with how we treat people charged with similar offenses with the same background. And so, you know, what I would tell people is, is that, you know, we have, you know, traditional prosecution models, and we also have alternative prosecution models. And based on the facts and the evidence in this case, this was the appropriate model that we used. So this was not a factor of celebrity or privilege, which is is what people are, are screaming right now. Was there any sort of and, and I mean, obviously, yeah. it's obvious, but just to speak to all of the yeah. the words that are that are out there right now. I mean, celebrity and privilege. Was there any 
role that played in the situation? Mr. Smollett was afforded the same opportunity that anyone in Cook County who had a nonviolent offense and the required background would be able to get. We believe, you know, that people who have, you know, the celebrity of Mr. Smollett don't make up the vast majority of the people who come through our justice system. The men and the women who qualify for this program are generally people who have little means. The fact that 5,700 people have come through our diversion and alternative prosecution programs speaks to the fact that it's available for everyone. The reality is, though, that most people don't know who they are, mm -hmm. and so you don't hear their stories. Uh, but this is not in any way different than we've treated others who have been ch uh, charged with similar facts um, and with the same background. So, alternative prosecution. Very Which, interesting. It's very interesting, and why don't they tell what it, call it what it is? Alternative non-prosecution. But anyway, go on. Well, so here's what I don't understand, and this is what uh, I think Rahm Emanuel, what he said is important and what the interviewer did not ask. This is not just some fly-by-night felony. She says it's the lowest, it's number four, you know, it's the fourth felony, for class four, it's not a big deal. But it involved a hate crime. You cannot tell me that the alternative prosecution system allows for people who were involved in a hate crime. The hate crime is put on the books specifically to put heavier punishment on any type of crime. If you if you um, beat someone up and you pour bleach on them and you call them the N-word and the F-word, um, that's a crime, but it's a specific type. You get extra punishment for being a hate crime. So to let him off for hoaxing a hate crime is total bullshit. But it is a let him off. He is not uh, innocent, and she does uh, explain that in her own terms. Um, this is looking at what remedies were available under the statute. And as far as accountability is concerned, the statute allows for people um, to get this type of outcome, even without an admission of guilt. But the accountability comes. Mr. Smollett has to forfeit $10,000 in order for him to be able to be in this position. And so while he has um, chosen to use this as an opportunity um, to maintain his innocence, I would reassure the people of Cook County that he would not be in the position that he is in right now without the assurance that that $10,000 would be forfeited in the community service that he has done. And for the others who participate in this program who may not have admitted guilt but also met their conditions of uh, diversion, uh, this is, that is allowable under the statute <laughs> well, there you go it's allowable under the statute so no problem you don't have to admit guilt you can just go on television and say i'm innocent which he did you could swear on your mom's life but it's pretty clear that he did it well you should also mention that he makes a hundred thousand dollars per episode mm -hmm. on his tv show and it wasn't enough uh, so the ten thousand dollars is minor yeah. And what is this community service that he already did? Do, does anyone ever tell us what yes. specifically he's yes. done? Yes, he, he worked 18 hours for Jesse Jackson's Rainbow um, something, Rainbow... Rainbow Coalition. Coalition, yeah. But he already That's did it. community service? Yeah, he had already done... Look, so let's put to rest once and for all a couple things. White privilege, bullshit. 
This is money privilege. It's how it works in America. We've always had two Americas. Don't fool yourself. Don't kid yourself. The guy's got money. He's connected. He's connected to everybody. He's in pictures with everybody. They let him go. What he did wrong is he, I think that his crisis team, I don't know, it wasn't Hill and Knowlton because they're smarter than this. They're the ones that called the, oh, emergency hearing, emergency press. Oh, we got to talk about it. So he could stand there and say, I'm not guilty and then have all charges dropped. This is the guy who needs to be canceled. Fox needs to cancel the whole show. People need to be outraged. Where's all the millennials? Cancel, cancel, cancel. Get rid of him. They're too chicken shit to do it, actually. Even Kamala Harris, big friends with Jesse Smollett, big buddy. Does she know? Oh, my God. You're a former prosecutor. You understand the law. Uh, What do you think about what happened to Jesse Smollett in Chicago today? <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, Wolf, I'm completely confused. That's how you start a lie. To be perfectly honest, I'm totally confused. Oh, you don't seem to be confused about any other questions you get. In Chicago today. <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, Wolf, I'm completely confused. I don't understand. I don't know. I I don't know the underlying evidence. I have you know there there's a sealed document, obviously. I don't know. I'm at a loss. I think we're going to have to leave it up to the judgment of the the prosecutor i think we should leave it up to the judgment of the police chief to, to and, and the mayor of course to give us some better sense of what's going on i don't know and now what she's going to double down now yeah. what you want to say something yeah yeah she has got one of those laughing tells yes <laughs> she started and off before with it. she before she answered the original yep. question she laughed yep she did yeah she, it's, it's not well, hold on a second it's not funny so why is she laughing tell it's a tell yeah but now she's going. Now, what did Rahm Emanuel say about the hate crime? He said it was a long established. It was just, it took forever to establish this entire legal precedent, and to and to do what Smollett did is demeaning, is making it po- impossible for anybody else to ever be believed again. And he said it was horrible that he had done this under the hate crime statute. That he had taken something about that laws were on the books from his buddy President Obama for hate crime. Now let's see what Kamala Harris, her takeaway from it was. I mean, if, if, if you're confused, confused, all of us I'm are confused. confused. And you heard Mayor Rahm Emanuel. I'm confused. confused. Gee, how can this VJ, this 54-year-old VJ figure it out, yet the woman running for president can't? I'm confused. As well, uh, and the Cook County prosecutor, uh, he says, didn't even inform him or the police commissioner that they were to drop these yeah. charges. But I think there's a point that the mayor made that is I would like to emphasize because I'm seeing it around the country and it is a very real issue, which is the seriousness of hate crime. And over the last two years, we've seen a growth of hate crime, be it um, in terms of race, be it religion, anti-Semitic. Instead of understanding or saying, hey, you know, this was really bad. No, she's taking his words, the mayor's words, and saying, yeah, hate crime is horrible. We have to stop it. Just like Jess, Jussie's innocent. The crime, um, Islamophobic crime, crimes against that are born out of homophobia and transphobia. We have seen an increase around our country and, frankly, around the world. And we cannot play games with it. We have to take it very seriously because it obviously can result in lethal consequences if we don't take it seriously. All right. Well, she, she can never be president in my book. Horrible, horrible, horrible liars and the lack of any kind of accountability from 
any media. No, that just it's stories dropped. It's done in five years. He can. He, he may be in trouble. He may not even be. He might get an NAACP award for an Ebony Award. Anything can happen. But this is really messed up. This guy is lower than whale poop. <laughs> Jeez, how do you feel? How do you feel? Ah, it's it's really yeah. infuriating. Yeah, it's, yeah apparently. Well, you know. when you know, the, we see people. Excuse me. <laughs> With elitist privilege, get a better shake all the time. Um, yeah. But the, you know, to be able to stand there and say I'm not guilty uh, on my mom's life, paraphrasing, I'm not guilty. The Lord, I thank the Lord, my friends. Uh, if one drop of me is what's claimed, that wouldn't be my mother's son. Let lightning strike you down, just Jesse well, Smollett. Maybe it will, or at least the show. Someone has to pay. By the way, Tina Chen, this is very interesting. So again, Tina Chen is the former um, chief of staff for uh, First Lady Michelle Obama, also special assistant before that to President Barack Obama. She has been hired uh, to do the review of workplace culture at the SPLC. Could we make it any nuttier? (laughs) Wow. So if... So these are the people you need to know. If you uh, commit a race crime, a hate crime, uh, any kind of crime, just call Tina Chen. She'll fix it up for you. She's a fixer. She's a big-time fixer. Well, yep. there's something to it. Yeah, she's, yes, she's, well, this is all revealed, of course, in the Chicago Sun-Times in the same detail that you had it. And it's a scandal locally in Chicago right now. Oh, and the cops are pissed. About it. The cops are pissed, man. And the cops are irked because yeah. they put a lot of work into it. At first, they had to put double duty. First, they had to investigate the original fake hoax, which was a lot of time spent because it's a celebrity. And then when they found out that's bullcrap, then they had to investigate all that and get these two guys, these two buddies that fake beat him up. Uh, and that took a lot of time and effort. And they put all this time and effort into this thing. It was the whole bullcrap. And then they just pulled a rug out from under him. I'd be a, mad, too, if I was a Chicago cop. Well, also, look at the cops. You know, all the guys, half the guys on stage are black, African-American black. They're not black, they're brown, but they're African-American. And they take this, they took this case very personally. That's why they put so much effort into it. It's like, holy yeah. crap, they're doing this to a brother? This is no good? That's, that's, the, that's what's really egregious here. We'll see. We'll see how Jesse Smollett, you better move out of Chicago is my, uh, is my recommendation. Tina's from Chicago. He said, it doesn't go over well. Those guys don't mess around. Yeah. End up with the Boston boot on your car. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, Smollett backslash done. Okay, good. Okay, do you want to discuss just cut let me just a little side note? Uh just want to play this clip, get it out of the way. And I want to play this as the migrant crisis clip, and I want to play it because haven't we just been listening to the to the to all the Democrats that have been, you know, against the wall and against all this There's other no stuff. Crisis. The, oh, there's, there's no crisis. There's no manufactured crisis. There's, there's no emergency. There's crisis. nothing. This no crisis. made up just yeah. so Trump can build hoax. a wall. It's a hoax. Haven't we been, is this not the, the, been the litany? Completely. Okay, well, let's play this clip. 
The head of U.S. Customs and Border Patrol is warning that a surge of migrants has pushed the agency to its breaking point. Kevin McAleenan confirmed today that 750 agents are being reassigned in order to deal with the influx. He said he is hoping to prevent new tragedies. But with these numbers, with the types of illnesses we're seeing at the border, I fear that it's just a matter of time. Continued inaction by Congress is going to continue to put people at risk. The vulnerable migrants on the journey in Mexico as they cross our border in increasingly hot weather and our own personnel. The agency says that it detained 3,700 migrants on Monday alone. That is the highest one-day total in a decade. Yeah, the southern border, that's talking about 100,000 in the month of April. So I thought there's no, nothing going on down there. Hey, it's just a big number. It's not an emergency. <laughs> what, what's, your, what's your number that's an emergency? 100,000 not an emergency. It's normal. A million. It's normal. A million. Yeah, a million a year. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, it seems, yeah. I mean, you'd think at a certain point the word would go out. Like, hey, you know, the El Gringo uh, Presidente... He's kind of building that wall, and he's not going to jail, so maybe not go. No, how about get over while the while the wall's still not there? <laughs> that's probably what how about it just is. The opposite effect. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Go now while while stocks last. Go while the getting's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the could... Brexit uh, update. Oh yes, I I have a couple of things on Brexit actually. This is hilarious. Yeah, let's start. Let's start with I got this Brexit rejected list on PBS. This is the, the stuff. <laughs> it, this doesn't even get to the to the whole what's really going on. But it's I just I think it's just kind of a funny clip. The debate over Brexit has divided the British people and political parties. For two years, Parliament has been unable to come to any kind of consensus. Lawmakers today tried to change that by voting on eight different versions of Brexit. I'll get to the results in a minute, but first, listen to today's appeals of unity made by members of Parliament. Mr. Speaker, this really is five minutes to midnight for this Parliament, for this government and for our country. We desperately need to find a way out of this mess. Our country has spent two years tied up in knots by the Prime Minister's incompatible red lines. After years of paralysing conflict, we have a moral duty to open our minds this afternoon and reach for a compromise that will allow us to put the interminable Brexit row behind us. It is going to be possible to end the catastrophic shambles of the last six months. We are beginning to talk about actually being able to take decisions founded on some sort of cross-party consensus and some search for a majority that can be sustained. That call for consensus did not mute any mouths in Parliament, but it apparently fell on deaf ears. Because take a look at the results of tonight's votes. Option one, leave the European Union without a deal. Result rejected. Options two through five were versions of a softer Brexit, meaning a closer relationship with Europe. Those included a frictionless relationship with the EU, an option to remain in the EU single market, an option to uh, negotiate a permanent customs union, uh, and option four, the Labour Party's alternative described as close alignment with the EU all of those were rejected. Option six, revoke Article 50, cancel Brexit entirely, rejected. And option 
2007, a second referendum like the one that launched this process in 2016, but only after Parliament endorsed a deal result, rejected. And option eight, basically a wish list of the people who want a complete divorce from the EU, result rejected. (laughs) Now what? (laughs) What are we going to do? it's a comedy. Aren't they aren't they in session as we speak trying to figure it out what the what the next what the next <laughs> bit will be? Other. This is the best thing ever. And then they just reject everything. They can't come to I don't know. And you know, they took her power away. That's one thing they voted yes. on the day, which yes. is earlier than the week. They said neutralize you suck. <laughs> We're gonna do the deal. And they they kicked Theresa May aside. She's still prime minister kicked her aside so they could do and that's when they came with these eight ideas that they reject 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 i don't know it's just is becoming completely out of control there was an interesting uh, couple of sessions in european parliament uh eu president donald tusk tusk do you remember the uh that phony baloney protest with all the pre-made signs that they said they had a million people on the street protest of what oh to leave Boy, by the way, when you say every phony baloney protest, yeah, oh, you I'm mean sorry. the recent every, one yeah, in the, uh, England? <laughs> sorry. Yeah, the, when I, you say phony baloney protest, you're being redundant. I know. The one with the signs that looked like, like they were handmade, but they yes, weren't. Just right, last week. One, yeah. just, just last yeah. week. And that coincided with that online petition where they had th- right. 4 million or 5 million, million people voted. People yeah, su- voted. No, didn't vote. They signed the petition online. Yeah. Yeah, online, which is bull crap. Well, listen to what that turned... Give me tur- two robots and I can deal with that. Well, this is how it went down in the European Parliament. And here, let me make one personal remark to the members of this Parliament. Before the European Council, I said that we should be open to a long extension if the UK wishes to rethink its Brexit strategy, which would, of course, mean the UK's participation in the European Parliament elections. And then there were voices saying that this would be harmful or inconvenient to some of you. Let me be clear, such thinking is unacceptable. You cannot betray the six million people who signed the petition to revoke Article 50, the one million people who marched for a people's vote, or the increasing majority of people who want to remain in the European Union. They may feel that they are not sufficiently represented by the UK Parliament, but they must feel that they are represented by you in this chamber, because they are Europeans. Yeah! (laughs) So it was was an an EU gambit. They set it all up. It was I think so. It sounds like it, it, what he said. It sounds exactly like that's what happened. Yeah, they set it up. They set up the the petition, which now is six million people voted. Oh, you can't ignore them. It's like a moveon.org petition. Are you kidding me? And the, and the million people who marched with our made up phony baloney signs. Yeah, that was good. Guy for Hofstadt, he lost his shit. 
And that is the real problem, colleagues. Why there is such a problem in this crisis? Because member states are reluctant to transfer new sovereignty and powers to the European Union. And we all know that the only way out of this crisis is a new transfer of powers to the European Union and to the European institutions. Yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> oh, I sound like Adolf Hitler. But that's but that's he's saying exactly what the problem is. You haven't given your power to us. That's the problem. Yeah. You idiots. I got to play it again. This is a this I think this is an evergreen. That is, a, that is a fantastic clip. I'll give you clip of the day for it. Too, in fact. Okay, well I'll play the clip of the day and I'll play it again. Clip of the day. And that is the real problem, colleagues, why there is such a problem in this crisis. Because member states are reluctant to transfer new sovereignty and powers to the European Union. And we all know that the only way out of this crisis is a new transfer of powers to the European Union and to the European institutions. They should be playing that clip in England as we speak. They, uh, it's available. Uh, I can uh, I can email it to him. Well, if anybody needs it, <laughs> I will say this: that is that's telling it like it is. I'm not going to say the guy's not incorrect. That's mm-hmm. what they're up to. That's what they're trying to do. And mm-hmm. it's the new German Empire. Yes. Uh, you know, it's pretty it's... much, and you got a guy there with the German accent. I mean, come on. Well, he's Belgian, but it sounds German. Same Good. thing. <laughs> and then we still have Uri Geller, who is still trying to get the do-over vote. We need the second referendum. It was a mess. It was rigged by lies. Therefore, it was not fair. It needs to be done again. This time, I'm sure the result would be different because the British people now understand what it means, a second referendum would see the decision-making taking, taken back to the public for a final vote on the Brexit situation. The normal British public didn't fully understand what they were voting for, and you know that. They do wait, now. Wait, they would take, they, they, wait, wait, let they me would finish. object to they, you calling them they, stupid. They, they do know, they do now, if a, re- a referendum would be fair now, now that most people have a much better understanding of what it actually means to leave the EU. You know, most, most of the British people, including some very smart people, didn't fully understand what Brexit actually meant. We're not politicians, but many of us have taken a lot more interest in politics since this mess began, and you know that too. Yes. And now most British voters fully understand what they're voting for. Oh, they were stupid. I get it. Even the smart people were stupid. They didn't get it. They were wrong. They didn't. It was lies. How rude. I want Uri Geller to start talking about Trump. Oh, God. Yeah. Can you imagine? So he's just an open. So the idea is, of course, and we talk about this, that all these nations, nations, should give up their sovereignty, which they've spent, I would say, at least a thousand years, sometimes more, to get to the point where they have sovereignty mm-hmm. and they have and give control it up. over their over their country Every, and their everything. countrymen. Yeah, to just give it to these guys and these Belgians who are really <laughs> frontmen for the Germans. Yes, y'all. 
just give it all to them mm-hmm. and just give up everything. Just say, no, nah, we got no more borders. We got no more culture. We got nothing. Whatever you say goes. That's really a, that's what we want. Well, I think mo- the UK didn't, but all the other countries did that when they gave up the sovereignty of their national currency. I think that ship has sailed, but the UK was smart. And they said, nah, you know, we'll hedge a little bit and we'll, uh, we'll keep our pound. Yeah, they did that's, that. That was that's a smart thing. That very smart. But what do you think, John? Uh, we've, we've always said they'll never leave. We've been hoping for a second referendum so they could never leave. I don't even know if we'll get the people's vote now. I'm worried about the people's vote. The people need to well, vote. Well, they voted down the people's vote in Parliament, I know. I which, know. The, which would seem like their opportunity because there's too many no-deal Brexiteers. It turns out there's more and more of them. In fact, as as that report that I had the clip from went on and on, they said that's the closest that the vote was of all the votes. Right. That's the one that was almost an even vote that could easily become passed, which is the which is the the no deal Brexit, which means that you just turn yourself over into another world organization, the World Trade Organization, and let them call the shots on your trading. Right. Which is the way that it seems like the most logical thing to do, and they could have done that from day one. They didn't have to, work, you know, spend two years working out some scammy deal. <laughs> well, there's big forces at work here, and I'm sure so that the players we see aren't really the ones that are most important in all of this. I have a feeling there's other other forces that we're not uh, privy to and don't make it into the media that uh, drive these well, things. Well, we still have what is the crown think, and what what do they got to do with it? And they're they're important, even though Americans don't think so. Uh, and what does the Rothschilds think? Yeah, well, there's two competing groups right there. Well, they're competing, but neither one of them are going to benefit from becoming a full-time member of the EU and giving up no. all British sovereignty, especially no. the Queen. Yeah. I, I mean, well, how does the Netherlands handle it? They have a king or a yes. duke or something. No, they oh, the oh, 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 the king and queen who I've break I broke bread with them. Don't be so diminutive about uh, I wasn't king. diminutive I'm just saying what are they doing about being giving up the sovereignty of the ne- of the of the Netherlands well they're cashing in of course well I don't think the queen of England can cash in any more than she's done hmm. I don't know uh, the the royal houses is it's, uh, confusing to me how that still works in today's world and you know and the people still believe the lie that they're just uh, ceremonial. <laughs> it's fine. Meanwhile, there's a lot of worry about, uh, will we have medicine? Will we have bread? Will we have cleaning ladies? All kinds of things they're very worried about. And the Eurostar, which goes through the channel uh, into France, is a big problem. And it's not necessarily Brexit, but the French, as they now have what we would call a... Uh, what do we call that? A slowdown? It's not a strike, but it's a slowdown where you do everything by the book. It's a slowdown. Yeah. Well, they call it the uh, work, to, work to the rules strike in uh, France, yeah. and it's ongoing as we speak. It's the third That's week an old of union the, trick. Uh, so- I'm sorry, what? It's an old union trick. Well, it's working well. It's the third week of the uh, so-called work-to-rule strikes. They're not real strikes by the French custom officers. Uh, it basically means that they are applying all the rules very strictly. Uh, they check all passengers, all the luggage. They ask questions. They basically apply the very strict rules that are also in place at airports when you would like to go uh, outside Europe. Uh, this leads to queues 
uh, of very long queues that people can wait about six hours before they can board the Eurostar. Usually it only takes 20 to 30 minutes. Um, so the strike is far from over. Uh, the Eurostar uh, didn't want us let in the Gare du Nord here right behind me tonight to interview angry passengers, but I just went inside and it's now pretty calm. There's only one more Eurostar to leave today, but probably tomorrow morning with the earliest Eurostar, the chaos will commence again. And Eurostar actually advises their passengers not to travel on the Eurostar at all anymore before uh, the 1st of April. That's next Monday. Damn. <laughs> Six hours. Imagine. Six, Six hours. hours. My goodness. Yeah, Tina well, and I took that train. by the rules. If you go by, this is the same in, in yep. American factories or any, any workplace. If you actually go by the rules, you can just grind things to a halt. Yeah. I mean, I did that when I was an inspector at uh, Trailmobile. <laughs> you, you union guy, you. Well, I wasn't just being union. I was because you're an inspector and you go by the rules. You can really bring things to a halt. Mm-hmm. And then you could, it was a long, it's a story I've told on the show, I think before, but. Um, go ahead. Well, I'll tell it again. So I'm an inspector, which means you get a different helmet. You work for a different, a, a, <laughs> you work within the company, but not for any of the people that are working there. You, wait, just you had a helmet? You had a helmet? You have a special helmet with a big stripe down the middle, oh, which you, is like oh, cool, kind of cool. It's a hard hat with a big white stripe. Mm, like a white and helmet. you're like the inspector. Oh, it's the inspector. So <laughs> Did you, you have an armband? So, Do you have an armband? No armbands, unfortunately. <laughs> so they, so this one guy who I like to kind of hang out with because he was a, he was a comedian. And he would be, he'd be, he was just always cracking. So I spent a lot of time with him and his foreman comes over and chews me out <laughs> for slowing him down because I was not, you know, I should be going out and doing my job. <laughs> and, and it gets, it gets this guy to go back to work and I have to go back and, you know, cause I'm letting things, you know, I'm helping things move along. I thought this was, wasn't, I wasn't, but the guy was doing his job. He's just talking to me. So I said, okay. So I went to the end of the line where everything starts coming off and I started red because I had nothing else to do. I couldn't talk to this guy. So I started red tagging everything, every little bump and <laughs> little, oh, there's a burr. Oh, there's a, there's a rivet that looks like it could be hit a few more times. And I would just tag the whole, so the whole trailer coming off this line was just tagged with millions of things to fix. Next one, same thing. Next one, same thing. So the whole line stopped dead. And so the guy, so I guess he got chewed out because they're not producing anything. Right. Because they're spending all their time trying to fix these fix minor your red flaws. tags. Yeah. But they were flaws that technically were taggable. I wasn't, I wasn't bullshitting anybody. And that's, but normally you let yeah. it slide. And that's, that's what you do. And that's how airplanes fall out of the sky. And so what you do is, well, with airplanes, you'd probably be a little more rigid, strict. Mm -hmm. But so the guy comes, he begs me. This was just great. He begs me to stop doing this to him. <laughs> That's great. This guy. And he apologized for, for kicking, the, chewing out his butt, my buddy, and all the rest of it. And anyway, I just felt so good about it. I said, okay. Okay, we got it. And I just went back to normal inspecting. So I guess maybe uh, if we got into the podcast union, you'd be uh, the perfect guy for it. <laughs> I'd be perfect. Uh, you know. By the way, speaking of this uh, podcast union stuff, so Spotify uh, bought Gimlet. Uh, what is it, $250 million? And, of course, the Gimlet people who produced all these these fine shows, they're not seeing any of that money, so they unionize because they, they want to get their fair share, which... 
the next time I come up with a brilliant idea, like, I don't know, creating an internet company, internet advertising company, and I want to take it public five years too early, or when I invent podcasting and it's like 10 years too early, could you remind me next time I come up with a brilliant idea to sit on my ass for 10 years? Because, man, did we miss our damn exit. Um, Spotify announcing plans to buy a podcast company, Parcast. It's the streaming giant's third acquisition of a podcast company within the last two months. Terms of the deal were not disclosed, but Spotify says it expects to spend up to $500 million in total on acquisitions this year. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting. Spotify at some point was talking about original programming, mm-hmm. right? They'll get these kind of, you know. I mean, we could have been rolling in dough, JCD. You're talking about pod show. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we messed definitely. that up. What an exit. Well, you're way ahead of it. You're too far ahead. But that's the problem. I'm, and here I am doing a podcast in a closet. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda in the morning. Well, there are a few people who appreciate you being in the closet and are going to mention a few of <laughs> so their names, including Peter DeJong and in Spuzzum, hey. BC, uh, $145.76. You know, I called him out on this, by the way. Anyway, he says, Jingle, he's got some jingle. But yeah, I call him, I said, You're, nobody lives in Spuzzum. <laughs> and he admitted that it's true. He's not really <laughs> He's in not really in Spuzzum. Uh-huh. No, of course not. But I told him to pick me up uh, some photos of the Spuzzum City Limit signs and things like that because I guess he's been through it. Uh, the Spuzzum story stems from the first time I went to Canada years and years ago to speak. It was in Vancouver. And the guy says to me, hey, you want to get a big laugh? Just say Spuzzum sometime during your presentation. <laughs> I said, what's Spuzzum? He says, this is town. It's, it's town in B.C. And so I did. I said, and then I was going to go to Spuzzum to get some, you know, so I just said it in some somewhere, shape or form. And I got I got a huge laugh. Oh, good. It's like, wow. For Spuzzum. Scott Cooper's next on the list from Saugus, California. $140. He's got a birthday coming up. Uh, well, let me see what he has. He has a smoking hot wife. Tammy Cooper turns 40 and is carrying their new human resource. And it will be a masculine one. Well, I'm glad at least they. Uh, That's what he says. They know in advance. Yeah. I don't like people. So I don't know. I don't want. I want to be surprised. Oh, the gender. Why do you, you get your surprise when they put this? The, right there, you're surprised. You don't have to be. How many times do you need to be surprised? You mean about gender reveal? Yeah. Yeah. They're not, I, don't, I also don't like gender reveal. Yeah. I, I don't like the idea of having a party. <laughs> I think it's it's lame. <laughs> I'm with you. Sir Malinowski, $138.40. That was our uh, special donation. Ah, He even said meow. Meow, meow. It's a special donation for uh, eating cat day. (laughs) Yes. I think you need to explain. You should should explain that to the listeners who don't subscribe to the newsletter, which you can do from any show page. Yeah, pretty much. It's there somewhere. Yeah. yeah, it's a, the, in this in this day in uh, thirteen eighty four, the year thirteen eighty four, I think it was Edward or Richard the second of the King of England uh, for didn't forbid, but he condemned eating cats. Mm-hmm. And so I started looking into it, and there's a lot of cultures that still eat cat. In fact, there's a a, a cat meatball restaurant in Shenzhen, China. 
cat meatball. But apparently the Chinese are turning against eating cat. There's also some recipes on the internet. I, I'm pretty cat. sure I ate cat in Spain once, and they sold it to me as, as rabbit. Uh, you, sure, you think it was cat? Yeah, later I heard that that restaurant had been known for, for selling cat as uh, as rabbit. And, uh, and I, I remember, like, this is interesting, rabbit. <laughs> yeah, rabbit's very uh, has a very distinct ty- style of texture. Yes. And it, it, you would notice if it wasn't rabbit. Yes. Well, a cat isn't bad, to be honest. It's a bit like well, uh, cobra. Yeah. Yeah. Fatten them up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, keep your cat and dog around, people. The Armageddon is coming. It'll Jonathan be handy. Keegan in Charlotte, North Carolina, 138.40. Archduke Nussbaum. We should have a little jingle for him. Oh, I'm sorry. I completely missed that he was in there. Hold on a second. We've got all kinds of Nussbaum stuff. Nussbaum! <laughs> That's Nussbaum! Wait, wait, wait. Now, where's the one, my favorite one? Here it is. Nussbaum! Wackbar. Nice. Beautiful. Jeffrey Fields, 13840. Onward with Bart. Uh, Nyman Aka van Rossum. Huh. In the Netherlands, in Greenstill. Hold on, let me read Gein, this. Greenstill. No, no, Geenstijl is a blog that pretty much, um, hmm, how would I, what would I compare that to? It's one of those blogs that rakes everyone over the coals. See, let me just read this. Adam and John was looking at the media response. The Mueller investigation was wondering out loud on Twitter who to trust, not CNN. Someone advised me to listen to your show, which, of course, I've already been doing for years. I've never donated, though, so a sudden feeling of douchebaggery came over me. I had to fix this, so please accept this. Uh, 1112, which is the Dutch emergency number. That's right. It's the 911 in the Netherlands is 112. It's a 112 donation. Consider de-douching me and keep the great work on assassinating the mainstream media and the hysterical narratives. All the best, Bart Nijman, a.k.a. Van Rossum, from the Geenstijl weblog in the Netherlands, who have raked me over the coals many times. So. You've been de-douched. Oh, because, um, you know, when uh, I was flying helicopters in Holland and then... Uh, oh, back in the old days. Oh, this yeah. thing is that old? Oh, this yeah, this goes way back. Way back. Oh. Yeah. yeah, they're the ones that uh, leaked uh, wife number one's uh, videos. Ah. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Say no oh, more. Oh, they're a big shot. That's a big-time operation. He could give us more money Well, than they're this. partially owned by the Telegraph group, I believe, now, by the newspaper group. So they, they're kind of mainstreamy, you know, alt, nutty. Okay. Uh, but, hey, thank you Keep very up. much. Thank you very much, Bart Nijman, a.k.a. Van Rossum. Yes. Then we have Sir Fomer Brahman of the Tehachapi Loop, $101.01. And he's got I love and light from the Jack London Square, from Jack London Square. Sir Fomer Brahman of the Tehachapi Loop. Want to call out two douchebags. John Romano in Los Angeles. Douchebag. And Duck in Denville, New Jersey. Douchebag. You got it. We'll give you some stuff. All right. Thank you very much, Sir Fomer. Genoa Osborne in Anchorage, Alaska, 8008. With a happy birthday. So got a birthday. Yeah, smoking Sir hot Brian fiance. Kaufman in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, he did, he came in, that's right, he just came in the regular check. Uh, Ian Webb, 75. Oh, that's, Kaufman was 75.75. By the way, whatever happened to serve Green of Hams with a 73.73 donation that came in once a month? And I haven't seen it for four or five months. Well, I hope he's okay. Brian, Brian, Sir Brian Green of Hams. 
So Ian Webb was... Ian Webb, 75. Wait, wait, what did Man overboard? At least I was due to financial reasons getting back on the ship. So he has a birthday donation to his lovely inherited daughter, Autumn Bertelli, who turns 12 on the 2nd. Uh, she's on the list. So, uh, after months of listening to the show on our drive to take to her school, she now asks, Hey, can we listen to No Agenda? I couldn't feel more proud than his dad than that. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. It's true. That's true. true. Sir Milkman delivers sixty six seventy seven. Uh, Eileen Sauer in Muskegon, Michigan, sixty five. Another uh, for her husband Drew. He's got Drew a birthday Sauer, yes. Up, I guess oh, we have a big birthday list today. Yeah, it's good. Robert V. Stats in San Diego, sixty dollars. Um. Anonymous from Boulevard, Boulevard, Texas, 5813. Cameron Highland in San Anselmo, California, 5813. What are these 5813s for, John? I have no idea. Is this an old promotion? Uh, maybe. <laughs> well, thanks. It's fantastic. I love the number. Wait, what, what, that's a... Uh, 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 maybe had to do with the Fibonacci. Yes, it's Fibonacci, Fibonacci numbers. Yes, got yes, it. Yes, Fibonacci donation. David Russell, the last show. David Russell, 5813 from Aurora, California. Aaron Von Meter in Cedar Park, Texas, 5679. Sam Godwin, 5510, double nickels on the dime. Uh, Michael Robinson, 5433. James Moore in San Pablo, California, 5384. We need to do another meetup around here. I don't see these guys need to show up. JB in Mishawaka, 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 Indiana, 5123. Sir Chris Sunberg in Mercer Island, California. No, Washington. Uh, Washington. Oh, I'm sorry, Washington. Uh, somebody sent a note in here. Where is this note? Who's this from? Ah, okay. Uh, Joe. Bissessi. Bissessi, you think? Bissessi. Bissessi. Yeah, well, well, Joe's been around, and he has a note because he has a, a knighthood. After almost two years of listening, I'm pleased to finally be able to write in for my knighthood ceremony for Adam Sanity. I'd appreciate a butt slam bullshit goat scream, NA scream combo, which pretty accurately describes the degradation of my mental health anytime I try to watch CNN for more than five minutes. Also, much appreciated would be some human resource karma for my wife, who is uh, early along in the process of growing our second. Below is a link to a CNN article. Okay. Can't thank you guys enough for everything you do. It's a true pleasure listening to the show every week and keeping with the fish-themed names I would hereby like to be referred to as Sir Joe Buon of the uh, Weekapog. Weekapog. Is that how I pronounce it, John? Sir Joe Buon of the Weekapog, the land with the grooviest... I have no idea. ...base lines to tickle the ears of all who listen. Sure, Joe Buon in short. Well, Joe, thank you for your courage. We'll get all that lined up for you. You bet. Looking forward to your ceremony. Okay. Uh, onward to Kyle Chalk, $50.33. And he, uh, he's got a birthday coming up. He needs dedouching. You've been de-douched. Yeah, it's his smoking hot wife, Courtney, who celebrates. Um, oh, she celebrated on the 26th, so it's a little, it's late. It must have come in late. 
and we'll get it, Scott Kyle. Scott Nelson in Melbourne, Florida, 5001. Eric Dutro in Flint, Michigan, 50. The following people are all $50 donors, name and location. Anonymous Jesse Smollett's Bail Fund, $50. <laughs> Denny's Crowler, Crowther <laughs> Smith in Whitchurch, UK, Shropshire. Uh, 50. Oh, needs a D- Louis D- Pasteur D- in Miami, Florida, who Den- I think is a sir by now. Dennis Crower-Smith needs a de-douching, so I want to make sure we hand that out. You've been de-douched. Probably white church. Uh, Jeffrey Zellin in Oakland, Michigan. Darren Danitskowitz. 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 He's in Dubai. Or... At least his, his mail comes from Dubai or his. Sir Peter Totes in Sugarland, Texas. Robert um, Makowski in Rhinebeck, New York. Richard Gardner, uh, Sir Richard Gardner, uh, in parts unknown. I think he's in New York or someplace. Joe Winky in Santa Rosa, California. And last, Hig Hawker from Higginsville, Missouri. I have a note. I have to mention this because he's actually should be credited. He can credit himself with $60 because he spent 10 bucks on this on this toy that he sent in, which is a screaming goat. <laughs> and the screaming goat toy has a little book in it. Oh. And I'm going to partake with and partake. A, it's got a question and answer book with goat trivia. Not all. I'm going to give you two questions out of the 30 or 40. Okay. Not all goats are the same. There are many different breeds that are able to clear different heights, but many odors of goats build the fences about five feet tall to keep them from. Oh, never mind. I give you that's the answer. How high can a goat jump? Five feet. Legend has it goats discovered what berry? This is a good question. Blueberry, mm-hmm. coffee berry, mm-hmm. blackberry, or none of the above? None of the above. Coffee berry. It's called a legend for a reason. No one really knows the true story behind the goat, the origin of coffee, but one of the greatest stories told is a goat herder from Ethiopia named Kaldi discovered his goats awake and full of energy one night when they should have been sleeping. They had eaten berries from a coffee shrub. When Khalid experimented in eating the berries, well, he had similar invigorating reactions. So the goats got all wired up on caffeine. And this last one. What? Last one. Yeah. How many stomachs does a goat have? Um, five. Four. Oh, close. All right, that's the end of that. That's the more you know second. in the morning. <laughs> You're up to speed on your goat trivia, everybody. <laughs> we thank everyone for supporting this episode, 1124, 1,124 full-on episodes of the No Agenda Show. Very proud to be a part of that. <laughs> <laughs> we love everything you, we love everything <laughs> that you help us out with including little gadgets for John it, it makes him it makes him just it completes him I be I feel I wish I had a, a little goat scream machine Yeah we also want to thank everyone who came in under $50 which is typically for reasons of anonymity but also a lot of you are on uh or well, not enough, I should say, but a lot of you do seem to be on our uh, subscription programs. Check that. Make sure that you're still on. PayPal has a very nasty habit of uh, of canceling your subscription and blaming us for it. It happens all the time, and we get notes regularly with people who just notice that, so please check that. Uh, and uh, we'd love it if you would support the work for our next show. It'll be on Sunday. You can do that at our address. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Jobs Karma, as requested. Jobs, jobs, 
jobs, and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. You thought karma. And the goat karma. You've got karma. It's the uh, end of the month, the 28th of March, 2019. We have uh, start off with a belated birthday. Kyle Chalk says happy birthday to his smoking hot wife, Courtney. She turned 33 on March 26. Scott Cooper says happy birthday to his smoking hot wife, Tammy Cooper. She turns the big 4-0, which is really tiny for women. Uh, Genoa Osborne, happy birthday to his smoking hot fiance, Lori. She turns 26 tomorrow on the 29th. Eileen Sauer, happy birthday to her husband, Drew Sauer, 65 on March 30th. That's coming up. And Ian Webb, happy birthday to his daughter, Autumn Bertelli. She'll be 12 on April 2nd and loves listening to us in the car. And Sir Hank Scorpio of the Electric Grid, the Electrical Grid, I should say, says happy birthday to Sir Dwight the Knight. A happy 31st birthday. We couldn't be happier for all of you. Happy birthday from everybody here at the best podcast in the universe. Woo! Okay. Uh, before we do our nights, a quick reminder, we do have a number of No Agenda Meetups coming up, which you can check out at noagendameetups.com. It's very important to find people who listen to the show and have similar thinking and look them in the eye and meet people face-to-face. It's something that's incredibly necessary in this world of connectivity. Uh, you will enjoy it. We enjoy doing them, and we have April 20th in Greater Atlanta, Hotlanta. Uh, the 27th in Zurich. Gee, that's going to be a good one. Eastern North Carolina on May 25th. And Pittsburgh also on May 25th. And you can start your own or you can go check these out at noagendameetups.com. And uh, now let me grab my blade. We've got two gentlemen waiting on deck. If you could have your sword uh, out, John. There it goes. Yeah, there it is. Perfect. Christensen and Joe Bassesi. Gentlemen, step on up here. Thank you very much for your contributions to the No Agenda podcast. At least the amount of $1,000. And that earned you a spot at the coveted roundtable of the No Agenda Knights and Dames. And I'm very proud hereby to pronounce to KB Sir Aaron Christensen and Sir Joe Biwan. Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable for you. We've got Hookers and Blow, Rent Boys and Chardonnay. We've got Early Times and BF4. We've got Bourbon and Bong Rips, Goat Chops and Goat Milk, Diet Soda and Video Games, Fish Pie and Fellatio, Pepperoni Rolls and Pale Ales, Mutton and Meat is always on the list, along with Ginger Ale and Gerbils, Bong Hits and Bourbon. And I love those Ruben S. Women and Rosé as well. Head on over to noagendanation.com slash rings. And give Eric the Shield all of your information, and we'll get those out to you as soon as possible. I just got a note from Joe. Hey, Adam, it's pronounced Joe B. Wan. Yeah, so I kind of got that right. Oh, yeah. Joe B. Wan. Yeah, Joe, Joe B. Wan as an Obi Wan. As an Obi Wan. Joe B. Wan. Okay. Well, you are at the table, my friend. And thank you, and thank everybody for supporting the show. It's so lovely to do this show. Can you, can you imagine us having to work for a living, John? We are working for a living. This is a lot of work. <laughs> Since we created our own jobs. Well, yeah. Jobs, jobs, the jobs. buys a restaurant and he has to manage it. Right. Oh, uh, let's see. You want to do uh, climate change, Green New yeah, Deal? Yeah, I think we should open the gate, actually. we got. I got a lot of clips. Oh, good. Well, let me see. Where is the climate gate? We haven't hit that bitch in a while. Hi, climate gate. There she is. Come on. Come on, gate. Why are you not responding to me? 
There she is. Opening up the climbing gate where all the bullcrap flows downhill. Well, the week kind of began with these, he- with well, not hearings, but a vote on the Green New Deal in the Senate, which was a mockery. <laughs> yes, it was. But it was, I want to play, the Democrats were irked by the whole thing because what happened was the uh, Senate, uh, what's his name? Well, let's, let's step back for one second. Green New Deal, just so everyone understands, is a resolution that just, it's like, uh, it's like a globalist thing. We just say, hey, we all agree that this is important, right? And then from there, you can create legislation and say, if you recall, we signed the Green New Deal back in the day and we all agreed this was important. So that's really all that it is. It's just a marker. Mitch McConnell decided, well, let's just put this to a vote. Let's let's forego what usually is a is a roadblock series of committee meetings and investigations and all these things before you put something to a vote. He said, you guys want this thing? We'll just put it for a vote. We'll skip the middleman and see what happens. Well, the Democrats were having none of it. They Here's the random, I want to play two clips from the Democrats, Dem, random Democrats, this is any, of, any of them would have been doing this clip uh, on the Green New Deal a discussion. And let me preface this by saying, during the Senate floor debate, all the Republicans came up with kind of joke presentations. Kind the best of, one being kind Mike of Lee, <laughs> fifteen minutes who of had jokes. pictures of you know Reagan on a dragon, and they're just 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 ridiculing the whole Green New Deal as a piece of crap, which it is. But the Democrats, meanwhile, were irked about the way it was presented. Here's the, the random Republican guy. leader is bringing out for a vote on the floor of the Senate this afternoon. The Green New Deal resolution. What the Republican leader, however, is not doing is allowing us to have any hearings, any witnesses, any science, Science! any evidence of the massive destruction in our country just over the last two years from fires, from flooding, $400 billion worth of damage. None of that will ever be heard out here. None of it was heard in a committee because the Republican leader is making a sham out of this process. It is not a serious process that this incredible issue deserves. The United Nations has made it clear that climate change is now an existential threat to our country. (laughs) Okay. I just want to say two things. One. It did not say existential threat to our country. That's not, I read it. That's not what the report said. Existential means you'll be extinct. That's bullshit. Two, I also found this to be quite a shameful charade. Um, this is wasting my time, wasting, because I prep for the show, so it's wasting my Ooh. time. That's irritating right there. But also, it is wasting money. It makes a mockery of the political process. I found it offensive, personally, that the Republicans did that. Not about the Green New Deal, just the fact they would take so much time out of their day, have people working on dinosaur pictures. It was just bullshit. It pissed, I would it pissed say, me off. I could see your position. I would say what they should have done was just not done the mockery and just done the vote. Yeah. Well, because the, what it resulted in is that there was no, I mean, nobody voted for the Green New Deal. All these guys who have big mouths, like the next clip, which is White House, uh, Sheldon Whitehouse from Rhode Island, who's been a com- constant complainer and a huge supporter of global warming. Uh, come out and then, you know, condemn the 
Republicans for being so glib about the whole thing. I think they could have skipped the glib part. I agree with that. Let's. Uh, by the way, the Zephyr just went by with a ten-car train. <laughs> That's um, three hours late. late. Three, <laughs> did, it, did it come through the, the the Eurostar channel by any chance? No, I don't think so. <laughs> it did have an extra car, some some crazy old car attached at the end. White House on the Green New Deal. And we are now looking at maps that our coastal agency, that our university, and that the scientists at NOAA tell us will create a new face of Rhode Island in the decades ahead if we don't address climate change. We turn into an archipelago. We lose enormous amounts of waterfront. And as a small state, frankly, Mr. President, we don't have a lot to give back to the ocean. This is deadly serious for us. And I join in my colleague's sense of offense that the other side thinks that this is something funny. This is not funny for Rhode Islanders. This is deadly real. And you may disagree with us, but the one thing I think we are owed on this subject is sincerity. And there is nothing sincere about the vote that is going to be held on the Green New Deal. This is a vote based on a cartoon version of the Green New Deal that was cooked up by the Koch brothers... What? Who have their oily Man. hands all over this mess? <laughs> wait a minute! Wait, wait a minute! What? What version? Is there a version of the the, the Coke brothers, the Coke New Deal, the new Coke Green New Deal? What did I miss? I don't know what he's talking about. That's interesting. And it was instructed by the fossil fuel mouthpiece at the Wall Street Journal editorial page. It took only days for the majority leader to hop up and do the bidding of these farces. We are owed better than this. Disagree with our measures? Fine. Have one of your own. We have five or six different bills and strategies that we're willing to work on. This is a time to be serious, to be sincere, and to quit mocking a concern that across the board is recognized as real. In fact, there is not a Republican here who can't go to their home state university and be told about the truth of climate change. With that, I yield the floor. Well, that's not any standard. Now he, that's for sure. So he, so all these guys came up and made this this commentary. These now this this was in the House, right? This was not in the Senate. No, this no, was no the it's House. the Senate. This was the Senate. Yeah, the vote was so in the is, Senate. So they go on, and they all virtue signaled, and they all wanted hearings. When the whole point of a hearing is to take it to the Senate floor. So skipping the hearings part is what irked them because they wanted to do all these hearings so they can bring all these people Scientists. on and virtue signal yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and just get more publicity for their perspective. And so McConnell said, now, you guys want to do this as you vote yes or no. Let's just get it out of the way. We don't need hearings because we just skipped the hearing. What do we need the hearings for? You take the vote, knowing that these Democrats were gutless and not one voted for it. Well, hold on. Uh, interesting to note, um, Professor John, Ph.D. in political science, who has been listening to the show for maybe a decade, he emailed me this morning. He said, voting present is not exactly the same as voting no or not being there. Uh, the reason why you want to vote present is that um, the party could pick up this issue again and have everybody come back and they could change the those who were present at the time could change their vote to a yay or a nay so it's not entirely without merit to to vote present but obviously uh, for all the shouting and existential threat crap we heard 
you'd expect someone to vote yes, but and no one did, not even one of the Democrats. No, not one yes vote Correct. From, the, from these guys who are blowhards, and White House is one of them. If he's making such a fuss, yeah, okay, so the other side's mocking the whole thing, and they're going to vote yes. Aren't you going to take a stand, and vo- or they're going to vote no. Aren't you going to take a stand and vote yes so you can be on the record? Not one did, and they're not going to come back and vote yes. I mean, they could, but it's not going to happen. The whole thing is just a sh- – I agree with you on the part this it's a waste of time. Doesn't have to be such a waste of time that it was, but it took up a whole day, and it was, and it was, you know, a lot of the Republicans, like this, guys like uh, Ben Shapiro, were sniggering over the whole idea, and they thought it was just great. Uh, but- I think a lot of people. Here's the thing that's uh, that's sad. Uh, AOC is a great communicator, and it's too bad she doesn't have a message because her rebuttal to all this bullcrap. Uh, which I'll play if we have time after your clips, which she was communicating something that had nothing to do with global warming, but she was speaking to the kids who were out there, you know, remember the, the school strike. They have no idea about carbon dioxide. They're talking about dirty water, dirty air, plastic on the planet. Uh, they don't even understand any of this. They only read headlines. They're poorly informed. It's too bad because AOC does have a means to communicate. She's in bulletproof in a certain way. If only she could have... A message that made sense, she would be worth something. Uh, you mean you, only if they wrote her a message that made sense? Yes, and and I have thoughts about who's behind her. In fact, I think it's very possible that there's some big oil behind her. In the not no. that, not that she knows about it, but there's a very simple reason for this. And then I'll shut up. When you have renewable energy in place, such as Germany. What happens? So they 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 cl- they're closing down nuclear. They've gone f- as much as they can on um, wind and solar, which is very inefficient. It's you know it's quote unquote free, but it's very inefficient because they, there's no way to store it. So what happens when uh, the grid uh, needs extra energy? They fire up the gas plants. So f- the the increase in cost. Uh, and direct revenue to the the big oil guys is working beautifully. You'll see Shell and Exxon and all these guys, Chevron. Oh, they. Oh, yes, please. We we're all in on renewable energy. They love the hell out of it because except nuke. Well, no, of course, nuke has. You can't have nuclear because that would ruin their deal. The gas people. I agree. I think make it is possible. Out like bandits. Yeah. Sorry. I know what you're saying. They're, 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 they're all the whole thing, if you put it all together in a big bundle and you have the fact that nuclear power is is forbidden, mm-hmm. that only benefits the oil companies yes. when all is said and done. Yeah, because in, in Germany now, they have to give away free energy when, when the wind is blowing really hard because it overloads the network. They're like, shit, Portugal, take our, take our, our energy because otherwise we're going to blow up the network. And then when it's not enough, they got to switch on. They got to fire up the gas plants, and that's why the cost goes up. It's a bonanza for us, really. We're the gonna we're the premier supplier of gas now. It's a bonanza. So people have no. I think that there's unwittingly probably there's there's oil money behind this whole AOC thing because it's working well, out swimmingly. 
I'm glad you got that in because this next series of clips kind of have a point to be made. Mm. And I think it's worth listening to. The, I, I cut this down as much as possible. This was a, a drastic measures um, series of uh, clips taken from a very long presentation on PBS NewsHour showing some of these nutballs out there that want to seed the stratosphere with sulfur, di sulfur dioxide and calcium carbonate and different things to cool the planet down. Mm -hmm. uh, not even discussing how, does every country in the world want us or some one company to be screwing around in the upper atmosphere with uh, you did contamination? A Trump. You, I don't know. You did but a let's Trump. play this you did series. A I got four clips. This is clip number one. As we heard, there's been some debate on Capitol Hill about how to tackle climate change. But the expectation is that very little legislation is going to pass in the foreseeable future. And yet, climate change's impact is growing around the world. The federal government's own assessment found climate change is already costing the U.S. hundreds of billions of dollars and having a major effect in parts of the country. Some researchers argue the problem is getting so serious that it's time to start exploring ideas that have long been seen as far out and potentially loaded with other consequences. But these scientists say the times demand new approaches to lower the Earth's temperature. Miles O'Brien is back with this story. It's part of our Breakthroughs reports for our regular series on the leading edge of science. Engineer David Keith has run the numbers on climate change. And for him... The bottom line presents a stark reality. Even if we eliminate emissions, we simply stop the climate problem getting worse. We don't make it any better. The planet is already in trouble. There's too much carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, and human civilization is doing precious little about it. As you can see here, these trend lines have a lot of inertia. So even if we stopped using all fossil fuels tomorrow... There's still so much carbon dioxide in the atmosphere that the problem will persist for decades. We do need to drive emissions to zero, but we also need to reduce the risk from the CO2 that's in the air. So he's this guy who also owns a company that sucks carbon dioxide out of the air and then blends it with hydrogen to make fuel. Huh. Um, has got these ideas of seeding the upper atmosphere. And I've heard these ideas for at least 20 years. Yes. Uh, they're all dangerous. You don't know what's going to happen. They do discuss some aspects of this. But as we go to the end of it, there's a little gotcha that I think is a real kicker here that may, will make certain that none of this ever takes place. Hopefully. Let's start with clip two. Inject large quantities of sulfur dioxide or maybe another aerosol into the stratosphere using high altitude aircraft. This should lower global temperatures by reflecting sunlight away from our planet. It sounds like an idea hatched by a James Bond villain, and David Keith is keenly aware of that. Geoengineering seemed like a, a bit of a crazy idea, but there was a taboo, and I think taboos are unhealthy. And my view is we should understand it better to see just how crazy it really is. Chemtrails. Taboos are unhealthy. <laughs> I like to put that in there. Let's go to clip three. And maybe, just maybe, to begin to think about mimicking volcanoes by injecting reflecting particles into the stratosphere. That's a terrible idea, but people are beginning to give it some attention. Yeah, it's really changing. Suddenly, many more of the kind of environmental leadership and sort of science policy thought leadership take this seriously. It really feels very different even from a year ago. 
But the devil, as always, lurks in the details. One of the big questions, could it make the climate worse in some places, better in others? It has all kinds of unclear ramifications. We don't know what the regional changes in rainfall patterns might look like. That's just one of the possible unintended consequences of solar geoengineering. Other questions? How would it affect agriculture? How would any aerosol interact with the gases already present in the stratosphere? And could there be some unwelcome byproducts? Yeah, you're spraying us like bugs. I wonder what yeah, unwelcome byproducts. Yeah, I need to wipe out all our life on Earth for all we know. But, let's, <laughs> but the reason that this is not going to happen is kind of revealed in the last clip. Scopex is a small-scale experiment designed to test some of the unintended consequences of a really big idea. But perhaps the greatest unintended consequence of geoengineering might be in the realm of psychology. If we know we can do it, will we use it as an excuse not to reduce our fossil fuel emissions? For the PBS NewsHour, huh. I'm Miles O'Brien. Oh, that's interesting. And you can see if you if the goal of the global warmists is to put it the the kibosh, and I only get to use that word once. First time, show. yeah, first time the show, yeah. Uh, on fought the fossil fuel business, the coal industry, and and automobiles that you can drive around freely because you can get gasoline, which is a great source of of energy. Uh, if the idea is to get rid of all that, because there seems to be an underlying idea to get rid of all of that. We, mm-hmm. we want to have electric cars. Mm-hmm. We want to do this. We want to do that. If that's the idea, the real idea, then this is a bad idea because this doesn't do that. So this will, this will get nowhere because of that one little gotcha, which is that will this actually cool things enough so we can just keep using fossil fuels like maniacs? <laughs> And I think that's really the, the whole gotcha on this. That's why I think the whole thing is a big, giant fraud. Well, you know, my, my feeling is that they've been testing this uh, solar geoengineering for a long time. You know, it's, it, you can tell me they haven't, but I see it. And my eyes do not lie. I, I'm seeing stuff in the air. There's ample, just, uh, what is this, stop spraying us documentary. There's, they've been testing this for a while. So I'm just waiting for someone. What you're thinking is they're not testing it to change the climate so much. No, they're testing it. They're testing it to do as a means of control. Yeah, spray us us like bugs and keep us docile. Yeah. Yeah, well. It's an added benefit. And it's kind of binary. You know, you you add the spraying to the 5G. And then, (laughs) oh, yeah. And then have you seen this massive push for uh, vaccination? There's a big push going on right now. We have story after story of horrible things happening. Mumps outbreak at Temple. Late word Tuesday on an expanding mumps outbreak at Temple University. I think we have a handle on it, but as Dr. Ailes said, we're probably going to see another wave coming. The numbers have gradually increased over the last month. City health officials say as of this afternoon, there are 105 cases. 18 have been confirmed. A balance of 87 remain probable based on symptoms. You could imagine that um, social activities that university students typically do, like uh, party going and uh, those kinds of things. Are- <laughs> I, I like that the guy, he's a university administrator. You know, like things that people like to do, like, uh, you know, party going and, you know, having sex and stuff. You know, you know you're in school to learn, but okay. Our uh, modes of transmission yeah, no from this virus. And so that's what we 
we think has been responsible for much of the transmission that we've been seeing. Mass vaccination clinics are set for Wednesday and Friday on campus. Mass vaccination clinics. What? Health officials. Huh? Oh, wait, yeah. I didn't get to school because of the administrator, Temple. but the way Temple. he talks. Was, is this from Chico State? It's, t- it's Temple. It says Arizona. Temple. Because I would think it's Wait, Chico State or Arizona. ASU is another one of these schools. Temple, Temple's in Arizona, isn't it? No, Temple is. No, no, Where's it's Temple? in the middle. It's back east somewhere. Oh, Temple. Where's Temple? Philadelphia. Well, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Philly. Yeah, this is in. Yeah, this is in. And they have 18 conferred cases of the mumps, ladies and gentlemen. But no, mass vaccination clinic immediately. Get your shots, slaves. Clinics are set for Wednesday and Friday on campus. Health officials say close to 1,000 people have already received booster shots. So we're really trying to encourage folks to come out. Uh, and booster shots. This is new. Booster shots. Not just. No, it's a booster. We're trying to target some of the more high risk groups. Uh, trying to get folks from the residence halls here, student athletes. Uh, just trying to target as many students as we can to come on in and get the vaccination. People talking about this a lot? Uh, yeah, right now, yeah. Do you know anybody who's been affected? Not really. Nobody around me has been affected. Temple students have largely gone about their education. Now, this is one of the students, but listen, there's an end to this That's guy. not like the, the, okay. There's an end to him. Affected. Not really. Nobody around me has been affected. Temple students have largely gone about their educations unaffected by the illness, but well aware of the story circulating far beyond campus about the situation. This man here knows he's current with his shot. Do you have a booster? Yeah. All right, so you're all set. Yeah, I'm good. good. Yeah, I told my friends too, you know, you got to go out and get it done. Are they listening to you? Yeah, they better, because I'm not going to be hanging around them with the, you know. So this is so interesting to me. You got your booster shot, so you're good to go, but you're not. Hold on a second. These university students that are speaking? Yes, that's a university student. Okay, go on. So he went to the mass vaccination clinic, got his booster shot, but still won't hang around with his friends because, you know, if they're not vaccinated, won't hang around with them because, you know, I guess the booster doesn't work. These things, this is, I, I don't know what's going on. Let's not even discuss this. I agree this. with you. This Let, is screwy. Well, let's go to Rockland County. Parents like Movita Harvey are scared. It is scary. It is scary. Living in a county with the worst measles outbreak in the nation. So we had mumps in uh, in Philly, and now this is Rockland County. Now we have um, measles. Her eight-month-old baby boy, too young to get the vaccine. Because of like this outbreak, the, the pediatrician, they want to even like give the shots a little early, and that's disturbing to me. So I... So the- the pediatricians are even saying, oh, don't worry about your kid being too, little too young. Just give the shot to the kid anyway. Yeah, that is disturbing. I've been keeping him home since then. He doesn't really go out. And come midnight, health officials say parents of unvaccinated kids will have to do the same. This is a public health crisis, and it is time to sound the alarm. Rockland County health officials taking a drastic step, the first of its kind in the U.S., barring unvaccinated children, that's anyone under the age of 18, from public places for 30 days, including schools, stores, restaurants, places of worship, and public transit they can go outdoors to public parks there's a lot of um, anger about this as there's a huge uh, orthodox jewish community in rockland county and this state of emergency which means children cannot be in public places including pub, uh, places of worship for the next 30 days conveniently it falls in during passover 
So there's, you know, there's now there's say people saying, what is this anti-Semitism? What's going on? I think it's a very good idea because we're all exposed and we have young children. We have, I have grandchildren. I wouldn't want them exposed. Most of the 153 cases since October have been in the Orthodox Jewish community where some parents have refused to vaccinate their kids or cooperate with health officials. So having these and there's many of these stories. Outbreak, outbreak here, outbreak there. And it's all M-M-R. It's measles, mumps, uh, rubella. 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 Um, I don't know. I mean, I just, I question all this booster stuff. I'm and- wondering about it too, because there's supposed to be a herd immunity with all the people that get those shots anyway. So nobody should be getting any of these diseases. And then somebody gets the shot and next thing you know, they have the disease. Yeah, that's Which what bothers me. Yeah, that's... and then you have that guy who's probably accurate when he says, "Well, I got the, I got the, uh, the booster, but I don't want to see it be around any of my friends who have because he probably has some sense that the booster doesn't do anything." Yeah, uh, even though you condemned him, um, it's just something. You're right. I think you're onto something. You must, this is now your thing. But I'm not. Well, I've always been on the vaccines ever since we learned that all the big Adjuvants. pharmaceutical, big pharmaceutical companies. I saw this as the big revenue driver. Now, this is eight years ago, maybe, that we first saw this presentation. But you found a, a, a annual report or a, or a PowerPoint. It was one it. of those um, uh, financial conferences for pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, and they, and they present it as a PowerPoint. Gas, especially now they have the law change, so they, they're not liable for anything. If they make the At worst all. crap and shoot people up with At it, all. And they all die, so what? I just don't like the anyway, so there's 18 confirmed cases, you know, the these other cases all within the mostly within the Jewish community. Why and I'm okay with hey, you know, if you want to get your shot, if you want to get a flu shot, you know, that's fine. But this mandatory and your kid can't be anywhere and the emergency, the 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 constant, oh my god, we're all going to die. It's crazy. Keep your kids indoors, get them a booster. You know, that urgency bothers me why why do that that makes people worried and it sets them up for other things i think i don't know it just well, it's very bothersome to me the way that's rolling out and everyone gets all freaked out oh mumps oh chickenpox is my favorite one chicken that pox, one wasn't man. in your report but that's going on too oh it's it's out there it's out there so yeah, which makes no sense i tell you what why don't we uh Bring this show to an end. It's a perfect place to end. We're all going to die. Get your shot. Yeah, get get shot. <laughs> get your shot. <laughs> no, get your shot. I want to thank in advance uh, Chris Cooling, Jesse Coy, Nelson, um, Sir Seat Sitter <laughs> for the uh, end of show ditties, which we have lined up for you. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in once again to our Deconstruccione. We will return on Sunday with another full-blown episode for you. Please support the work at Dvorak.org slash NA. And coming to you (laughs) Sunday, coming to you from downtown Austin, Texas, in the capital of the Drone Star State. It's uh, FEMA region number six and all the governmental maps, if you're looking for it, in the 5x9 Cludia, which sounds pretty good, in the common law condo. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where I did get to witness this effort go by with an additional car at the end, which was one of those private cars that had a dome on it. I'm John C. Dvorak. We return on Sunday with another episode right here on No Agenda. 
Until then, adios, mofos, and such. But that constant reinvigoration of hope, determination, optimism, courage to make the future better uh, for the next generation, those are American traits, and these newcomers make America more American. That was the scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago, our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. We welcome in ISIS. That's true. Energy can be transmitted, energy can be received, and the collective energy of people who want to achieve something is massive. That's true. Oh, brother. Speaking to the grass. Speaking to the grass right here in our filming location. Do I don't want to do it. And you can't make me. That's true. Ah, so the grass is having that... Uh, reaction do it and you can't make me reaction that's true that's what this feeling okay. is cool beans onward hoe let's ho. talk to the trees that's true the plants and the shrubs and the trees that's true 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 oh to this tree are you willing oh are you willing to be a portal we need to start with the trees before we get to the grasses because apparently the grasses think the trees are cool uh, and the trees don't apparently think the grasses are cool. The grasses, they didn't think it was cool and they said basically, I don't want to do, do it. You, you can't make me. Maybe we'll ask this tree, are you aware of the work we were doing this morning talking to the dead trees in the park? Let's ask this maple. Hey, hey, would you like to do this? Let's start with that pine, because those were dead pines. Hey, friend. And the That's bay true. tree said, oh, no, I, I didn't do I that. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. All right, let's start with the pine. Maybe all the pines, speaking to the pines. Yes. Hey, friends, pine trees, are you willing? And to this oak tree, are you aware of triple oak out back, the really big oak trees, the huge oaks of this yard? Uh, they're doing it. But you can be the leader of this front yard. Well, I don't know. Pine Tree ate your lunch on that. But you can jump on the bandwagon and not be one of the losers running around saying, wait for me. They said, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? At least three times. We said, yes, yes, yes. That's true. 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 I have an aunt that is wandering around on the mic. You want to fry him? You want to fry him? This is Amp 33. I'll come without warning. I might deconstruct even in the morning. Don't be scared. I don't want to alarm you. I'll probably just say you got karma. It's Amp 33. Raps for no agenda. Got some place that I want to send you. Sunday and Thursday. Tune in for the show. Because when it's over, it's adios, mofo. I have an aunt. That is wandering around on the mic. Rapper Ant 33 and no agenda.
cell towers uh, wavelengths to calm the public during crises. And I have talked to army generals, commanding generals, major generals, general generals, the 5G, listen to me, CIA, everybody, and they're all 5G. Dvorak.org slash N-A That's true. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs>